flag on wrong point when I step in Signs in the air for the gang that you're repping Don't get brave when I'm stepping in the rave If you show my love, everything's okay So for a lively brave to have fun in If there ain't girls in the place, we ain't coming Middle finger up to the Jake, stepping in with the gang Please tell the police they can't come in Show me a salute, that's gang Pure love for the crew, that's gang Trash shit if you ain't gonna bang Just show man a sign if you're down for the gang Show me a salute, that's gang Pure love for the crew, that's gang Trash shit if you ain't gonna bang Just show man a sign if you're down for the gang Welcome back, Juventini, to the Juventini Tab, back to Black and White Podcast. I'm Daniel Negro, and I'm live from Calgary, Alberta, Canada. And today, we're going to be covering the post-match of Juve Lazio, the big W that we finally got. Uh, it's been what seems like, uh, you know, a downturn uh, and a scare, if you want to call it that. But now it seems like the Scudetto's loading, and we're about 95%, just, just right there. Um, and, uh, yeah, I think it's, uh, you know, hopefully, uh, we're going to be getting it after this game. I know Atalanta won today, so we can't, uh, you know, pick that up with losses per se. So even if I think Inter loses tomorrow, I think we still, there's still a possibility of, uh, Atalanta catching us. So that's unfortunate per se, but whatever, an extra two days, um, but yeah, so uh, let's get to the boring stuff right away. Uh, guys, please smash the subscribe. As always, drop a like on the podcast. really helps me out. Obviously, click the bell for notifications if you're an avid listener and you want to keep up to date on the show. Obviously, if you have the notifications, you're going to know exactly when they are released. Um, again, same thing with uh, iTunes and Spotify. If that's your uh, niche, then uh, subscribe as well. That'll keep you up to date. It'll show exactly in your thread of other podcasts that you listen to. Um, and uh, it'll always update you on when exactly they come out first thing. So, uh, yeah, without further ado, obviously, let's get rid of that boring shit. Now, let's get into Juve. Obviously, we have another uh, another new guest, uh, another first-timer on pod- for podcasts. And uh, welcome, Frankie, from Scranton, Pennsylvania. Yeah, thank you very much. Uh, hi, everyone. Uh, my uh, my ad on Twitter is at Frankie the Worst. Uh, it's spelled exactly the way that you think it is. Um, I'm trying to just keep it as sarcastic and nonsensical as possible. Uh, if it goes positive, you'll probably see a bunch of caps locks. And if it goes negative, you'll see, you know, some really creative kind of pinpoint uh, uh, mean tweets towards Juventus. And, and I, I say that after having been a fan uh, my entire life. Um, you know, my father, uh, my brother, my nephew, they're all huge fans. Um, you know, my father immigrated over from Calabria, brought over the, uh, the Juventus way with them. Obviously, you know, the, the classic joke of all of Juventus's fans are in Calabria, but <laughs> I, you know, w- welcome to the stereotype here I am. Um, but yeah, I mean, you know, I've been a UA fan my entire life, uh, went through the ups and downs. Uh, luckily I was born two years before we won, uh, the champions league. So that counts, you know, I watched it. I was there, yep. I, you know, I was in front of the television set. I know that for a fact is <laughs> they wouldn't have put me in another room. They couldn't, they couldn't keep it quiet enough to let the baby sleep. So 
Fair point. Fair point. Well, Frankie, yeah. you're 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 making my job so easy because you were just <laughs> quick on the gun there. One, I want to say, yeah, I, your your handle is hilarious. Yeah. Um, Frankie, the worst. That's awesome. And then um, your profile pic too has got. Is it is it just Sari with a with a no? It is right Sari, now, right? Yeah. Right now, it's him with the butt of a merit. Um, I'm convinced <laughs> that you know our. I, people keep talking about the Saudi playing style. I'm convinced that it's going to get unlocked the moment we give him an actual pack and we open smoking up in the J Stadium. I know that it's not going to be a, you know, a good idea health-wise, but win-wise, we're going to start accumulating them. Okay, We're going to start winning goals by 25 if he gets a pack. So, Yeah, that's, that's you- my profile picture right now. We're, we're looking to change it maybe to a, I was looking at maybe a bloody Licksteiner or, um, or that photo of, uh, of Chiellini with Marcelo and Varane in front of him with the headband on, you know what I mean? Yeah. So, yep. Uh, I'm a big fan of that green to kind of uh, photo. So, yeah, that's awesome, man. No, exactly. Um, I think that's, I have to agree a hundred percent. I'm exactly the same way as you. I'm cursing someone out. I'm cursing the club out. I'm cursing the majority of the time. It's probably Ronaldo out, uh, mm-hmm. nowadays just because of, you know, when you pay someone $31 million and, you're not getting uh, what what you need out of them, and you're losing games. That's usually the easy scapegoat to go after. But uh, yeah, I know the Grinta man. Um, the DNA is is definitely missing. Um, I know you've told me, and you said that you like uh, we keep it real, and I appreciate that. And yeah, that's exactly what we want to do. Uh, we're not here to kiss anybody's ass. We're not on the payroll. Um, the subs are the subs, but you know this is my opinion. This is where I get to vent. And, um, yeah, so it is what it is. If you agree, you agree. If you don't, you don't. If you don't, drop a line uh, either on Twitter, YouTube, wherever, and tell me why I'm wrong or, you know, give me your take, right? I love to hear it. So, um, obviously, yeah, exactly. Uh, I think, you know, the 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 Southerners or the, the, the Southern Italian, uh, you know, roots are strong in Juventus. And, I mean... I, I like to laugh at that because uh, obviously, you know, I have some roots in in in, uh, in Calabria as well. But um, like it matters anyways because you know we're still winning and all these other teams are not, and they could say what they can use whatever nicknames and cry about whatever the hell they want. You know, it's that mm-hmm. doesn't change shit at the end of the day. So you know, it's exactly. always nice. It's always nice. Uh, obviously, you're saying you work in Philadelphia now. It, are you part of like any fan clubs or anything like that? Or is it just kind of pretty chill? You guys watch the game at home. What's a typical match day for you? Obviously if you know, a lot of people are working, like I've, I haven't been able to unfortunately watch the games live because we've been, they've been going yeah. like boom, boom, boom all the time, you know, uh, one after yeah. the other, it seems. So, uh, you know, but a typical match day, what, 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 what it's like for you? Yeah. I mean, to be honest, it kind of depends on, Uh, I will go down. There's a cafe in um, uh, Center City, Philadelphia called Gran Cafe L'Aquila. Um, oh, yeah. I think everyone knows. They're, they, they're the best Italian. Yeah, they're the best restaurant. It's the Azuri Fan Phil uh, 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 home place. So, um, But I guess right now there's no – he's the best. Phil, I, I have no bad things to say about Phil. He's the best. But, um, no, yeah, I can't wait for the – but – I mean, you know, the the smaller games where like I'm just gonna get mad because we play down to everybody's level all the time. 
I have to watch my house. I can't, yeah. I can't be in public for those. Cause like the, the, the anger that, that falls out of my mouth, it's like, I, I don't want to be in public. And then, you know, someone who I know sees me and they're like, I, I can't do business with that guy. Cause no, <laughs> not him. So, you know what I mean? So, uh, yeah, so we keep that at home, but, um, no, there's, there was a Juventus fan club in Philly. Um, there's a big Milan fan club in Philly. There's a big Napoli one, obviously, uh, there's a big Roma one. Um, but I think the Juventus one kind of just fizzled out. Um, so I don't know. Yeah. I mean, I, you know, I'd love to get a little bit more involved in that. I don't even know who the first person would be to reach out. Um, but you know, I mean, once this whole quarantine ends and you know, the next season starts and it's a little bit more fresh and new, I mean, you know, hopefully we can kind of rekindle that a little bit and, you know, and try to try to revamp it. So, you know, we can get some Juventini together to watch games. You know. Yeah, exactly. And I think, I think that's, that's great. I mean, there's, I thought about doing it obviously for Calgary. I mean, there's only I think about 10, 15,000 Italians total here. So mm-hmm. it, it is kind of difficult, right? Cuz everybody, you know, everybody's got their own teams. So I, I have thought about about, you know, starting one before, but um it's a lot of work. But uh you know, for somewhere like obviously Philly, that's a big population center, obviously there's a lot of Italians on the East Coast and the U.S. So, uh, and even obviously Eastern Canada as well. So it's you know definitely easier. But yeah, I know if it's something you guys could do, that I mean that'd be great for you guys. Obviously, there's the benefits with the tickets and all that kind of stuff because Juve yeah. likes to make things extremely difficult for their fans. Um, you know, you gotta love you gotta love that mentality. Make it as difficult as possible yeah. for people to give you money. Uh, Exactly. Unhinged. <laughs> yeah, build build an entire hotel and uh, an area around yeah. the hotel, but make it impossible to get tickets to stay there. Yeah, and you yeah. know, even you look, yeah, fuck, you look at those prices at that hotel, man. Like, geez, I hope that to- I hope that toilet paper is like each one is signed by one player because yeah, it's like I want a nearly uh, signature on every single one of them, right? Shit, you, you might as well at that point when yeah. you're when you're spending that kind of money. Euro. 100 euro bills uh, uh just you know wrapped up next to each other taped up exactly well i know he's i know he's got them that's for sure i know he's got them yeah. but uh let's get right into the news now obviously you know there's not too much on the on the tap for for us obviously like everyone's been saying probably the most important thing four points uh was needed um obviously like i said atalanta won so now they come up to, I believe it's uh, a six-point gap. I believe they're at 74 and we're at 80. So still, you know, still some games to be played. But I think uh, once, uh, if we go up to 83, we have the head-to-head to, with, against them. Um, so we just need that W against Udinese. And I think if Inter, if, if, if Merda loses, they're out for sure. Um, and yeah, then it would just between be between us and Atalanta. And like I said, it would only take that W because we did beat them three, one in the, uh, first half of the season. So obviously some, a little bit of transfer news. Now there's kind of been some back and forth about, you know, what Zaniolo wants to do. Apparently he doesn't want Roma doesn't want to sell him. He wants to go. That's kind of something that is going to take place within, I would say about a month from now is really when all this stuff starts getting ramped up. And I think after all these seasons are finished, then, you know, you're going to start hearing all this BS that I really can't stand. And sometimes I'm actually really happy that I get to go two weeks to Cuba or here or there, Mexico in the summer, because yeah. I don't have to listen to this shit. 
because really that's all it is is just massive shit day in and day out and then you know I, it's really i i've had that mentality ever since Pog, the pogba saga because i was so invested in that and like i was like nah there's no way he was going and then it all happened and i was just like well fuck this <laughs> fuck this summer i'm just yeah. going to enjoy my summer take take obviously if there's a euros or or world cup on then that's that's one thing but you know, summers are really off from from all cultural because it's it's too much. Yeah. So the uh, I, you know, I personally um, the Zaniolo thing. I, I you know, I really do think um, that he fits in well. I like the fact that you know, I, I, injuries always scare me. I'm not going to pretend like they don't, especially in young players. You know, I think a lot of what you know you look at with an ACL injury or a big injury like that, a long term injury. Um, is a mentality, right? You look at someone like Bimidal, who, you know, kind of the moment that he went out, it seemed as though he was already kind of angry that the fact that he had to go out and he was ready, yeah. he was like gearing to get back, right? Like his mentality was, I'm preparing myself to get back on the field the moment I'm off, right? And right. I think Zaniolo had a lot of that feeling too. I guess my worry is that, you know, I'm not watching exactly how Zaniolo is doing on a day to day. I'm not in tune with Roma right. news the same way I am Juve. So, my hope is that, you know, he does have that same kind of, you know, uh, that little bit of fire to say, I got injured and that's terrible, but I'm young and I have potential. I have a lot of talent and, you know, coming back stronger is not, is not the craziest thing in the world that I wouldn't be the first player to do it. And I wouldn't be the last. Um, right. so my hope is that, you know, that injury really is something that, that has kind of fixed itself. Um, you know, I mean, he looked good in the last couple of games that he came back. Um, except for that one, uh, that one tackle that it's, I don't remember who it was, but they absolutely put him on skates. He, yeah. he, he did a split, like he was doing gymnastics. It was terrible. And I, and it was that moment where I was like, see something like this is going to happen at the J stadium that like, I don't know about you, but I'm convinced that like, uh, they pull up before they play. Everyone slips. Yes. Yesterday, like Dybala looked like he right, like every single game and they like, they, so, you know, my worry is that, you know, Zaniola, we sign him the moment he comes and he plays and the first thing that happens is boom, you know. So that's always my fear, especially with big injuries, long-term injuries like that. But, you know, that being said, he does seem like a talent that, you know, if he's willing to move, um, you know, and I think that is something that, that uh, it doesn't go understated is that there has to really be a will for Italian players to join us because, yeah. um, you know, whether or not we want to admit it, uh, most of Italy hates us, including half of Turin, if not more, right? Yeah. So as as far as I'm concerned, you know, you look at a player like Benadeschi, who, you know, Juve and Fiorentina have have a bad history together. It's not like we were friends yeah. forever and then, you know, uh, recently we weren't. Like, like Baggio really hurt them. So yeah. for the fact that, you know, for the fact that you can go all the way back to the early 90s and find out that Juve and Fiorentina hate each other, you look at someone like Benadeschi and then you look even further, someone like Chiesa, I'm not surprised that KSI isn't like, you know, jumping at the bits to join Juve because, you know, when you do, you really do turn your back on whatever team you came from. Whether or not we want to pretend like, you know, Iguain will always be a Napoli hero and a legend because he scored a million goals there. Yeah, a little different. But the moment it buffed a little bit. He came to Juve and then that just, it's the same thing with Savi. So, yeah. You know, my, I, if, if Zaniola really wants to join us and he really does feel as though, you know, this is the best next logical step in his career. And it's not so just, just some stepping stone because I typically, I don't know about you, but in, in the last 25 years, I haven't seen a lot of Italian players 
join Juve and then go to a different team. Typically, if an Italian player joins us, like they'll go to a That's retirement team yeah. next. Yeah, they'll go to retirement team next. You know, there's not there's not a lot of players like Donovato anymore. Who, that's obviously no. a much different situation. But but that being yeah. said, you know, there's it, it rarely happens. You know, we lose Marquisio to Zenit. We don't lose him to Real Madrid. Right, right. Yeah, and that's that's exactly like you said. And it was the unfortunate situation of obviously being uh, in Farsopoli. So that's really, mm-hmm. I think, the only reason that wouldn't have uh, that wouldn't have happened if it was any any other way, right? Um, but like you said with Zaniolo, obviously now he gets to go to Euro 2021, 2020, whatever the hell they're calling it. And that's going to be big. I think if it doesn't happen now, I think sometime next, uh, possibly next summer could, could work out. I think we need him. I think you got to bring the guy. And if you're going to lose uh, Tonali uh, as, as a midfielder to some other team, whether that be... Uh, Merda or whoever else, then I think you got to go with with Zaniola, and I think we got to bring, you know, a lot of the the top, the talk is you know bringing that Italian flair back to Juve, which we really haven't seen in a in a long time now. Um, and I think you know when the national team's at its best, obviously Juve's at its best. It's kind of weird how it's kind of dropped off now. I mean, I guess we're looking to be this brand, whatever bullshit they want to say at the club, but. Um, yeah, definitely. I, I'd have to uh, agree with that. What do you think about Zapata as, as the number nine? Obviously, Milik has been mm-hmm. thrown around. Um, apparently, they've refused $50 million, uh, from a foreign team, uh, but they're looking for somewhere around 60 to 70 mil- That's a lot of money, I mean, for a 29-year-old. Yeah. like Even the numbers from Milik are, are ridiculous. But, um, yeah, there's been lots of names thrown around, but what do you think specifically about Zapata? I mean, he's done well, yeah. right? Uh, yeah, I mean, I'll, I'll, real quick, just to just to immediately, uh, <laughs> Malik, I have no interest in. I, yeah, I for I no other reason, but I mean, like, we are not looking to win. Let me rephrase what I just said. Winning Serie A is not primary objective, and it shouldn't right. be because, it, to your point just a minute ago, if we're trying to be J Corp, right? Like, we're not trying to just win Serie A because it's only appeasing the Italian fans and the and the eleven people who have ESPN Plus in the United States. Other than that, right, the, that's all that you're appeasing. So if you want to be growing as a club, you have to bring in somebody who's going to realistically do something for you. I don't know that Milik is going to do anything. I mean, I don't think, yeah. you know, when he plays for Poland, he plays well, but that's because he's playing next to Lewandowski. And, and, and like, how don't you play well next to a guy who can, he's putting up 50 goals a year and the only guy right. who can shine Ronaldo in Messi's boots, right? Yeah, exactly. Um, so that said, Milik is not somebody who I'm interested in as far as I'm concerned. If you can't make it as a consistent starter at Napoli, injuries, what have you, whatever concern, if you can't be a consistent starter there, then, you know, I mean, like, and he can't, he's the one who can't be benching like Jose Caleon, who like has been saying that he's going to be out of this t- club for 10 years and, and Dries Mertens, who, you know, has been there forever, but every year yeah. I'm convinced they have talked about him leaving. Right. So if you can't displace those guys, I don't want you to try to displace Higuain. I'd rather, I, at least I know Higuain can bang in 20 goals a year if you yeah. play him, right? So, um, but that well, said, and doesn't have the injuries, right? Either he right, doesn't have the right. he doesn't have those injury. Uh, I mean, ACLs and MCLs. Those, those those are serious. I mean, we've talked about it. You know, obviously you could say the same, like you said, with Zaniolo. But uh, I think technology. Oh, not technology. Medical. Um, you know, practice and and rehab has gotten a, a hell of a lot better than the times that obviously Del Piero got his injury. Um, and I think if he was playing now and he had that same injury, 
we'd probably see Del Piero at his prime for probably five, six, seven years, maybe longer than than what we what we unfortunately had to witness. And you know the team circumstances and who you have as a coach, you know that's that's a whole other story. But um, yeah, no, definitely, I'm I agree with you 100. percent I'm not convinced yeah. at all with Milik. Uh, I've been just, saying uh, it. Yeah, yeah, go ahead, he, boss. No, no, he just I I just I don't think that. If, you know, if you are struggling to get into the first team at a team like Napoli, who, you know, from all accounts is a good team. I'm not going to sit here and pretend like, you know, this year, obviously, they had a little bit of a, of a, of a right. whatever, a hiccup year, whatever. Um, but, you know, they, they've been chaining coaches kind of consistently over the last four years. Gattuso is the only one who, you know, it, it feels like now he's going to be there for a while. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, I don't, I, don't, I, don't, I don't like Milik. And then on the other one, Zapata, I mean, he kills us. Every single time he plays us, it doesn't matter who plays it on him. The only player who I really wholeheartedly like don't feel worried about when he plays on him is Dilly. Yeah. And, and it's probably because he's 20 years old and he can catch him and he's strong. Right. But like Bonucci, I'm convinced is like, he, he, he's, he's a paper cutout and Chiellini unfortunately isn't the guy that he used to be, but I mean, no. Zapata bullies our defense and this is a good yeah. defense. You know, it's not, I'm not, we're, we're not the defensive past, but you know, it, I'm, I'm just like you, right. I, I've watched a lot of old school Italian soccer. Like if you have to make a tackle, you already messed up. Yeah. That, that's, that's like a, that's a common mantra, right? Like if you already have to make a tackle. You're fucked up. You're in, you're in the shithole basically. Bonucci and Chiellini. Yeah. Bonucci and Chiellini, you know, they have a tendency of kind of positioning themselves a little bit better. Bonucci a little bit less now because he's trying to use his ass to block all the shots. But, you know, (laughs) like you look at you look at someone like Delict, like I'm glad that he has good positioning, but then also can catch up to you if his positioning is not good. Like his tackling strong. So when I watch somebody like Zapata to get back on course, what we were talking about, Zapata makes Delict forcefully not be in good positions. And that's why he kills Bonucci and he kills Chiellini when Chiellini plays because Zapata's too strong and too fast for you to be on your heels while waiting yep. for him to receive the ball. You have to run at him, right? And if you don't, he's going to beat you by turning on you. I right. think we've been missing that for years. And I think another thing that I love about Zapata is that he's, he's a big enough character in that if he's playing against a center back, you don't have to worry about necessarily um, you know, him right getting now, bullied. Him getting bullied, and besides that, I mean, how many times do we cross in balls uh, into? Oh yeah. Uh, <laughs> we, we like listen. Douglas Costa is as tall as I was in the fifth grade. He's not hitting the ball with his head, and if he does, everyone's going to talk about it for the next five years. They're going to say this is the goal he scored, right? That's a fact. It's, it's, and it it kills me. But Iguain used to be a better header of the ball, but even when he was a better header of the ball, it was typically freer headers. They yeah. weren't like wasn't scoring many corner kicks. They they were never his forte. Zapata has this tendency of just you know when a good ball gets put in, he's either getting his head on it or he's putting his defender into some into an area, pulling mm-hmm. him somewhere that opens space up. And if you have him and Cristiano Ronaldo, who you know Ronaldo's not playing in the box every single time. He's right. playing. He's playing where he's getting into the box. He's passing the ball off to Alexandro getting in. He's passing the ball off to you know whoever's on the right side and getting in, Quadrao, whoever. If you have two guys that are in there and one can pull a defender away from the other, that's how you get headers. Right. 
that's the only way you're going to score those goals. Otherwise, like, what defender needs to get on Doug Costa? Yeah, exactly. The ball has to, hit, the ball has to get past the defender's waist before it gets to his head. So, <laughs> and I love the guy, but like, man, like, you know what I mean? That's so true. It's so true. No, I mean, in four three four three three too, is is four three three as well as not. You know, when you have a number nine, like obviously, like you said, with Iguain, that isn't as tall as well. I mean, he's not a tall guy. You know, he, he's not your Milik in size, at least, or your Zabata in size. It's it's difficult. And I, I we need to get away from this, like, Allegri ball where, you know, that's all it seemed like we were doing. Like, mm-hmm. it almost seemed like we, we, we have Manzukic and just, you know, boom. Bomb it in, bomb it in as much as you as much as you can, and that was pretty. Everyone complains about the defense now, and it's like okay, so we were so solid, compact because we had like fifty guys behind the ball um, yeah. for every pretty much every game, and like some magic from whichever player it would be w- would turn the tide for a one nil or a one one or whatever the hell it may be. And then it was it turned into you know, but then the only attacking you know mentality was cross the fucking ball in. We would never use the middle at all, and it would just be cross, 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 cross. And then again, individual brilliance. Okay, we can win a game. We can win a few games. You know, there was a stat just came out. We scored. We've scored had the most consecutive, I think, two goal games in Serie history. I think it is Um, crazy. I mean. I mean, if, if someone told, and I mean, people are like, well, we're not that offensive. I'm like, I don't know what you're watching, man. You know, I, yeah. I don't think you, I don't remember Juve scoring three, two, two, three goals every game uh, consecutively ever no. under Allegri. I mean, I would be pretty shocked. Maybe towards the beginning, it was a little bit different because he was playing more of a, you know, Conte. He was kind of taking over from Conte still. And that was kind of the a residual that kind of lingered. Uh, when he came in, but no, it's definitely uh, definitely need someone, definitely need someone who's got who can go in there with purpose. And like you said, it's there's not much, there, mm-hmm. there's not much. Ronaldo can't really, you know, the only time Ronaldo's gonna get it is if the defender just completely lets him go, and yeah. he's missed he's missed about four of those uh, four or five of those on the other day. to date. Yeah. And because you know maybe he can't, he doesn't want to get the front of the hair, you know, messed up a little bit. That's why he, he that's why he's off target so much. Exactly. Um, then Bonucci's been, you know, Bonucci's been all right. He's had some free uh, moments, but again, still same thing, missing the ball, missing the the goal, or hitting it right to the keeper. Delict has is really the only kind of with purpose. Uh, you know, Alexandro has gotten in, into it a little bit now as well, uh, which I'm like liking uh, because you know it's bi- it's building my case of uh, keeping Alexandro. But um, yeah, w- w- what uh, obviously you know another piece of news that kind of came out was the uh, Gazette and Tutto Sport doing their ratings for the game. Obviously, we'll get into ours later. Ronaldo and DiBala being or Ronaldo being the best player for Gazette, seven point five. And Bonucci being the worst five, which I mean to me makes sense. Tutto Sport, Dybala, and Ronaldo on an eight, and Ramsey on a five and a half. And then the last kind of thing that we can get into, which I'm surprised we've gone on this long on the news, but you know, great conversation. But nothing serious for Iguain. Just uh, obviously a mild lower back pain. Um, he doesn't need any tests. They're going to keep an eye on him, but 
what did what did you think about now? Let's get into the game. Let's get into the match. Now <laughs> formations come out, and you see Iguain on the field. Um, I was obviously working, so it was more like just the reaction was like my my Twitter notifications were going off. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm just like, what? What did we? Are we losing? What time is it? Uh, what the hell's <laughs> going on? Did we score? And I just see like Dybala out, Dybala's out, Dybala's out of the lineup, and I'm like, shit, what the hell is going on now? But what did what did you? What were your first thoughts uh, when our lineup came out? I mean, I'll be honest. My uh, my first thought, I got worried that like something happened to Dybala. Because yeah. as far as I'm concerned, there's there's you know there's no reason in the world why he shouldn't be starting every game at this point, unless he's hurt. Honestly. Right. And I, and I mean that in the sense that I have it written down right here. Like he legitimately is the reason why any of our midfielders touch any of our strikers ever. Yeah. Otherwise, the most that you ever see, right, is whoever playing on the left side, whether it be Rabio or whether it be Bentancur, sometimes playing there, Pjanic, whoever, Matuidi, a lot of times, whoever's yeah. playing on the left side. We'll pass it to Alexandro. He'll pass it to Ronaldo. And then Ronaldo will try five step overs and then nothing will happen. Right? That drives me nuts. How is and, no one seeing that, though? Like, honestly, man, I've said this about 15 fucking times that I get shit every di- damn it time. It drives me bananas. Ugh. And, like, I had this argument with Al. Again, same thing. And he's like, oh, well, look, Matuidi can play left back. And, like, uh, Danilo plays better left back because he can actually make runs. And I'm like... Dude, Ronaldo does not know how to fucking be a playmaker at all. No. At, no. And at it's all. frustrating. He, yeah, it takes 15 minutes on the ball, man. Like, decide what you're going to do. And oh, Dybala typically has to run so far back to receive the ball, which, I mean, you know what, is fine, right? Because I think, I think what happened under Allegri is that Dybala understood what it meant to be that position, yeah. that sort of false nine a little bit further back, almost attacking midfielder style. I think he understood what that meant in addition to sort of that little right midfield, right wing thing that Allegri had him do every once in a while. I think he learned and understood what it meant to kind of, you know, win the ball back in that part of the field and how, you know, how productive it is. I mean, really, you know, a lot of the goals that we've scored, you typically see are one, you know, right past the, the touchline yeah. into the opponent's half. It's because yeah. we already have the momentum, and typically their opponent's already you know, pushing as far up as they're going to when you have that splitting pass that kills them. I, unless the ball is on the field, I don't ever see a pass like that ever happening. I rarely ever see any player winning the ball back in that spot. Because, yeah. no, because, because Doug Costa, he runs himself out all the way to the touchline, and then he's done. Yep. Or you have Ronaldo, who does the exact same thing, and Ronaldo doesn't run back because, you know, whatever, he's Ronaldo. Whatever, that's I hate that contract. excuse. Terrible excuse, right? Yeah, but like, I mean, that's that's just a fact of the matter. But I mean, listen, to your point earlier, what you just said about Matuidi playing left back, Matuidi playing left back is like me being a race car driver. Like I drive a car, <laughs> but it doesn't mean I'm good at it. It doesn't mean I know how to do it professionally. None of that. He could probably play left back for my Sunday league team. I don't yeah. want him playing left back for Juventus. We could get yeah. somebody else. I, we're, we have to have someone on the U23 or U21, U19, whatever. That plays left back for their job. Yeah, Get yeah. Them, you know what I mean, I've I've said it so many times. I'm like, give someone a chance. Like, when you like, you look at how Like, obviously, thankfully, we we haven't had to because we've had Sandro back, and I think he's only going to get better. The first games were rust. I mean, the guy came off of a, I believe it was like a tear or a contusion on his, uh, again, a ligament issue. 
So I mean, it's not a, it's not like a you know a laughable injury that he's coming back from. And again, I thought he again Sari something I'm not liking. He's playing these guys too early. Um, and then you have you know a, a guy who was played into the ground before COVID, and then again kind of a really what do I want to call it? Not a I think again he, he played too early. He played him too early. Uh, to, to you know, simplify it. Um, but I think he's going to get better. I think he's our defense, our best defensive, you know, kind of uh, prospect on that side. And I think he gives us a lot of security. Um, when you look at how Matuidi played in the left back position, I mean, I can count like countless mistakes and guys being able to run past him. Mm-hmm. And like you said, it's all Dybala. I mean. As much as everyone wants to give Ronaldo credit for scoring all these goals to boost his ego, and this is going to be one of the questions, and I almost don't want to answer now, but if Higuain is in the lineup, this game I don't think is does not get played exactly the way we saw it. And I mean, yeah. sure, it was, it was slow at the beginning, but you, know, you still see the chances and the movement of Dybala off the ball and you know, uh, even on the ball trying to get into good space and put the ball on... Uh, Ronaldo's foot and stuff like that and it's like that energy can't be matched by anyone that we mm-hmm. have uh, I mean obviously Douglas Costa you'll get that obviously in the second half when he comes on as a sub but again I don't think Douglas Costa is your starter um, mm-hmm. I think, I think he's a super I'm sub really, yeah exactly and I, I hope Kulosevsky is, is the guy that becomes a starter or even someone you know Bernardeschi to me is not someone that's got to be out the door as well. Um, I don't think he's good enough. Um, as much as I like the runs he's making and he's been kind of good on the the free kick aspect or the corners, he, he he's had a decent you know ball in, but I don't see I don't see him I don't see him here anymore. Um, and yeah. I think Quadrado shouldn't be again another thing. Quadrado shouldn't be right back. We need an actual right back because he does the same stupid shit that. Everyone else that isn't in their position on the left back does. I mean, look, some guy, I, I was listening to, you know, Bianconetti YYZ, and that's my official fan club. And, you know, there was some comments about, you know, how, oh, he gets a lot of fouls and, and this and that. It's like, okay, well, you were just criticizing Sandro that needs to cross better or he needs to make better runs in this. Well, at the end of the day, it's the same on the back end on, on Cuadrado. He, he's a right winger. He's not... He's going to give you that offensive flair, but he's going to do it, have to do it at double the 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 pitch length. Uh, he's yeah. got to come back all the time. So you're going to obviously one, you're going to wear his ass down, and two, you're going to be you're you're limited because he's got to go that much further to get into the play. So it's a limiting factor to me to have him at that right back. So that obviously needs to be changed. Let me kind of recite the 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 formation just so if if anyone didn't know because there is kind of a, a key kind of you know change that we haven't seen so far obviously I was hoping that Cuadrado actually would have gone up to the right wing position uh, or started on the bench and I have Danilo as the right back uh, because like I said I think you know Cuadrado is more is better served up top even though he's played right back so far for I don't know how many games in a row now but um, anyway so Cuadrado Delec Bonucci obviously started he the heel wasn't giving him a problem Chiellini was in the stands uh, with Bernardeschi. Obviously, he got the suspension. 
Alexander at the, at the left back. But this is the contention here. This is, and obviously up top, you have DC, Douglas Costa, Dybala, Ronaldo. But then we get into the midfield. Now, I wasn't sure what was going to happen. You know, I was thinking it was yeah. going to be Pjanic uh, as your regista. Then you're going to have Bentacur on either the left or probably on the left and then Rabiot on the right or vice versa. And I thought that's kind of would have been, maybe thought maybe even put Matuidi in because, uh, you know, why not? I'm not shocked with, with, with Sarri's decisions, but um, he's got some weird starting to say, I guess, you know, obviously for injury purpose, for obviously trying to conserve players and, and stuff like that. But I don't think Matuidi is ever a starter again for us. And that's my personal opinion. I, I don't see, I think he should be a guy when we have the lead that can go get the ball and, and make tackles and is a workhorse in that sense. But, you know, Rabiot, Bentancourt, and Ramsey as a starting three for the first time in ever, for, for a really long time at least, um, all these guys are healthy. Now, I know Ramsey, I, th- I think, had kind of a little bit of a stinker of a game. Um, and the rust, now the rust excuse, what do we think of that? Obviously, that's that's more to come uh, a little bit later when we get into the rankings. Um, but... Definitely. What do you think about those three kind of, you think that's our preferred starting mid uh, formation that we're, that we're going to have with those three or what do you, what do you think uh, Frankie? Uh, so, I mean, looking at the lineup right now, um, you know, I, to your point, I hate to kind of chalk it up for Ramsey being uh, rusty or whatever, but I mean, the guy has played like, you know, barely any games this season, whether or not we want to, you know, chalk it up too much to it. I mean, you know, game game stamina is, is definitely a thing and and besides that I, I legitimately do think that he is still having a hard time kind of uh getting used to the italian league um, yeah. um i don't really similar to the league i think the premier league has a lot more hard tackles and a lot more stronger players just from a general sense of like like true body type right yeah compared to here i mean you know Ramsey doesn't have to worry about getting tackled by some you know, six foot five. He has to worry about like getting outplayed by somebody who like is genuinely, you know, tactically present in their position. Whereas in the Premier agree. League, you know, you do see a lot of kind of just dump and runs where a player will kick it as hard as they can, and you just happen to have a Mo Salah who will yeah. just sprint the ball, right? So that's great. But um, so I think Ramsey's having right now kind of a little hard time uh, adjusting. If we're never going to use Pjanic again, which I get it, I don't think we're allowed to. I don't know what the deal is with that, considering you know we already traded him for Arthur. Um, but if we don't use him, I agree. I think this is our best lineup, I think, personally. Um, I take Ramsey off at some point. I put in Matuidi, to your point, if we have a lead. Because Matuidi, Matuidi gives me a lot of... It's going to sound like a terrible example. He gives me the feeling of Vidal, except if Vidal couldn't complete a pass or shoot. <laughs> You know what I mean? In the sense of like he, like Vidal, Gattuso, that kind of yeah, like yeah. sense of a player where he's not overly a, a, a large player, not like a Milinkovic Savic type or a Pogba type, a very tall guy. He's, he's a little bit shorter. He's, he's, he's a little bit stronger and he makes tackles with his whole body. Like he, yeah. he's not tackling you with his toe, he's tackling you with his heel. So he's putting your yeah. whole foot through it, right? I love that. I can't have that for minute one, though, because you get a right. yellow card in the third minute and now we're playing with 10 guys. Because you don't want to go into another tackle that hard. Yeah. So I, I agree with you. I think this this right now, I think this this midfield's our best. Um, I think when Arthur comes, I think he slots in where Ramsey is. 
Um, personally, I think Rabio needs to stay. Um, I think, you know, <laughs> I, I give him a lot of crap too. Um, yeah. because I mean, you know, he, he came in and I think a big problem with him is his attitude. Um, I hate the idea that his mom's his agent. That kind of gave me the same vibe as when, uh, I found out that he caught his agent with Wanda. Like I just, I, there's I have no interest in that's not your agent shouldn't be related to you. Just pick somebody right. else. Right. So no, thank you for that. Um, but you know, I mean, as long as his attitude stays right, I mean, you saw glimpses in the last three or four games. I mean, he's a good midfielder. There's a reason he played at PSG. PSG is not a, like as much as we want to pretend that they're a laughing stock and they get dumped out of the Champions League and whatever. They're a good team. Yeah, they have good players. You know, individually they are talented players. So, you know, Rabio, I do think is a good player. I think he has to just keep his head about himself. And Benton is, I, I can't tell you how excited I am for I guess the next couple of years of Benton Core, especially if he stays. Um, you know, partially because we got him in that Tevez deal, and and I always felt sort of an attachment to him because I always loved Carlos. He was a guy yeah. who, like, you know, giving him the number 10 made me feel a different way than a lot of other people getting the number 10. Um, so to get bent on core, I always felt a little bit of a connection. Yeah. But him playing as well as he's been playing recently, I, I trust him with the ball. Whereas, you know, a year ago, there were glimpses. You know, there were times where you would say to yourself, like, this guy's really going to become a stud in the next year or so. Yeah. And now you're seeing that he actually is getting that consistency. And it seems like it's that consistency is coming from the confidence from the coach. You know, Sari saying, you know, I want you to be one of these main players. I want you to take, um, you know, a little bit of the regista role. I want you to kind of push forward when you can. I, there, there's a lot of things that he's giving him more autonomy in um, that, you know, I don't think Allegri necessarily did. You know, for better or for worse, um, I, I don't know that he necessarily fits in Astadi's type of football any better than, than he fit in a leg. Okay. I do think that he's recently, and I think that's, that's the best that we can ever ask for because, honestly, if he's, he's currently our only consistent midfield as far as I'm concerned. So. Yeah, no, it's definitely. But, I mean, I think that's what, like, that's what I hate about Allegri. Like all the stuff that some that seems to be like getting better, like that's what pisses me off even more. With a like, it's like the guy had no faith in anybody. Mm-hmm. It was like, and then we talk about like defending leads as it's like you know, sure, pragmatic is, is pragmatic, but it, <laughs> I hate to see like we act like the the league we're in is like the Premier League in terms of like consistency, or like even if you look at us like having a you know a two headed maybe even three, you could say, with Atletico Madrid in La Liga. Like, I don't see Serie A being that, that league. Um, yeah. So really, you know, we talk about, like, these wins that we had and, and the amount of damage that Allegri was doing with Dybala, with Bentancur, even with Rugani, in a sense. Like, I, I mean, as much as he gets ragged on and whatever, if you, don't, if you want him out, I mean, sure, I think we can get rid of him. I think we could probably send him to, like, a... Uh, you know, a lower table team and probably get some good money because we know how to fix finances. And, uh, you know, that's just that. (laughs) But it's like, I think we've done such a horrible justice to all these players and we don't give any faith. Like you talk, like you said, with the left back situation, give those guys some time. It's like, I almost talked to, it's like the plus Valenza curse. Like you get one appearance before they ship your ass away if you're like an under-23 yeah. guy. If they sub you on in the second half, you know your ass is gone. At some point. Yeah. So if it, you it, get subbed on, you're getting sold for $15 million to, uh, exactly. like a, to a lower or City outside. Exactly, yeah. 
like a relegation fighting team that they need you. And it's like, oh yeah, well, you know, Juve, Juve is really good at selling players. It's like, yeah, well, that's, that's what it is. Yeah, no. And well, I think we're good at selling players when it's like, when we have to like financial fix shit, when it's like to like actually sell players, it's like, okay, Paratici, go sell Kadira. I don't know what to do. I don't know what to do. Oh, in the news, okay, while well, Juve's selling Kadir, oh, well, there goes about 15 million of his transfer value. It's right. like so ass backwards. We we buy before we, we sell, and then we're stuck with players. And Oh, man, that's, and it's, that's, a, that's it's a whole other round. stunning to me. I was going to say, it's stunning to me that we aren't able to sell off players uh, in transfer windows when, you know, Kadir won a World Cup. He, yeah. he's, uh, he's won a Champions League. Like, you could... You could sell him to Inter Miami. Yeah, David Beckham would be chomping at the bits. He'd be like a German international who has experience. He is a big name in some other country and has won things. Okay, sign him up. Like you're telling me that no one in the MLS is interested in buying him, buying Matuidi. Nobody. Yeah, if you're trying to sell to Real Madrid every time, maybe not. But we're just so incompetent. I I think Parat is just a horrible seller, Um, and it's just like. You, you you don't know like like I said you sell the guys first and then you make known who you want to buy like you, you don't do it the other way around because then you're stuck with players like we've been I don't know how many fucking times like it, it, it's ridiculous and but anyways let's look at Lazio's uh, Lazio's formation obviously three five two big story they're missing a whole uh, a shit ton of players they're missing a ton of players and you know. We kind of got lucky in a sense that Luis Alberto and Radu and uh, Lucas Leva and, and Alyssa, obviously Patrick was still on suspension for being a vampire. Um, but then there's a couple of Maruzic and uh, a couple other guys. But anyways, yeah, they had quite a few guys out and they still looked, uh, you know, decent and they still had their, their, their identity, it seemed like, and their, they, they would counter well. Um, and I noticed even at the beginning, we'll get into when we go minute by minute um, after we talk about the stats briefly. briefly. Uh, but yeah, again, Lazari was still there. Milinkovic Savic was key for them, I think, still in this game. Cataldi had some definitely some efforts that were worrying. Um, mm-hmm. Parolo, I didn't really notice. This new guy, uh, Anderson, I've never heard of this, this guy. Apparently Lukaku got into it or something with the coach with Inzaghi at the beginning of the game, and that's why he didn't start. Oh. Um, because I that's that was my shoe-in for the left-back, uh, was, was was Lukaku. Um, and then, obviously, Caicedo, obviously, up top, and then Immobile as well. 3-5-2, nothing really, uh, nothing really unusual about that, that lineup, barring the players that were obviously injured or suspended. Uh, let's kind of go into the match stats. You know, again, stats are... You take them with a grain of salt, but, you know, some interesting things. Obviously, the possession was pretty balanced, 54-46 for Juve. We had 19 shots. Now, that's something that the Allegri apologist, the Allegri lover, the Allegri fan club can't say. Because I've remembered some games where we're not even putting, what, maybe three shots total one on goal <laughs> or not on goal I, I don't think I don't have to re- I don't have to remind Juventini of the uh of the fateful uh Kodibali uh, goal in the Juve stadium we had yeah. zero shots on goal that was the worst day uh, I watched that game at Gran Cafe L'Aquila with Phil and that I if you watch 
little uh, you little uh, bad podcasting here, but if you watch the video that Phil always puts up on Twitter of him dropping to the knees and cheering when Juve loses, if you look in the back, you'll see a guy with black hair wearing a Del Piero jersey. That's me. There you go. That's <laughs> Phil and I met, so that's, that's a good story, but yeah. Yeah, man. So, um, I mean, eight shots on goal, pretty good. Lazio kept them to three. Uh, they had still 10 shots, four corners for us, seven for them. So we weren't, you know, I don't mind us not putting the ball in as, as often because I don't really see us. And I've said this before on earlier podcasts, we're not creating anything from, we're, we're crossing it in and we're not really scoring. Uh, that's not how our goals are, are forming is from the crosses, uh, obviously from the left back, full back, or obviously the right wing and stuff like that. So nothing, uh, nothing really there. Foul, it was a pretty chippy game. 18 fouls for us, 15 for them. We got three yellows. Obviously, Bonucci with the uh, the stupid play, and we'll get into that. Obviously, he's going to miss the next game because of that. Obviously, Sandro picked up one in Danilo as well. Anderson for Lazio. Offsides, uh, Bernardeschi wasn't on the pitch, so we were only uh, tasked at one offside because he's the only player that gets paid professionally that doesn't know how to stay onside. Um, obviously pass accuracy again, 88%. You got to keep it, especially with Saudi style. You got to keep those numbers up. Um, the higher, the better, you know, almost a hundred percent, the better. Um, and you know, for us, a lot of the shots were from the inside the box 14 and obviously five outside. I think that's something that we need to improve on a little bit. We've seen it kind of, uh, here and there, but the, the midfielders really need to, you know, have a license to shoot. Um, because we haven't really seen a lot of that. Uh, obviously, you saw the goal, Rabio's kind of wonder goal um, against uh, Milan, uh, but which was kind of surprising. Obviously, there were some defensive mistakes on Milan's side there, but still pretty, uh, pretty intrigued that he that he took uh, onus and actually drove at the the net and took that shot. So mm-hmm. something I think that we can work on, and I think that needs to be improved. I'm just looking at, obviously, the key players. Ronaldo, 100% tackle, success, long balls, 100%. 34 passes completed, one chance created, 11 shots, four on target, one off the woodwork, and two goals. Obviously, Dybala, um, 73 touches, 94 passes, uh, successful. Five duels won, four recoveries, four out of seven take on succeeded. Three out of three for long balls, seven key passes, eight chances created, and one assist. And I mean, I I look at the Ronaldo stats and I'm like, okay, well, he's got his two goals. But if someone were to tell you, tell you that one was a tap-in and the other one was a PK, and you then you compare and you take away those goals, and obviously you take away Dybala's assist, I, it's night and day for me. I mean, don't get me wrong. Uh, we're paying Ronaldo to convert, and he is converting. So I have to give him credit for that, right? I can't just give him shit all the time. But like when I'm looking at the two and, and a, lot, a lot of people were like crying about how, you know, he was disrespected in, in the last game because, uh, you know, he's, he, it was a stinker against uh, Sassuolo. And now, now all of a sudden it's, oh, well, you know, Dybala wasn't that great. And then you, you start getting into the, these arguments, right? And it's like, just watch the game. Mm-hmm. Just watch the play. Even if you take away all these stats I told you about. Watch the game. You can tangibly see the difference. And, you know, again, eight chances created to one. I mean, if you're not getting that, those eight chances, 
what what are we what are we talking about? It's a completely different game. So I think that's key. Um, obviously, we'll get into the minute by minute, but yeah, no, Dybala, you know, just a game changer. Uh, uh, that guy is. I can't believe we almost sold him. I would have been for Lukaku. I would have been depressed this whole year if that was the case. Uh, I don't know what we would have been watching, but yeah, unbelievable, unbelievable. But uh, let's get into it, Frankie. You know, first note I have here, which is you know on theme, on brand, guys. Ronaldo holding ball too damn long again. And it's literally the same thing. Like, he does the same thing every game. He'll go down the left, and I see Alexandro making the run or the midfielder or whoever, and I'm like, okay, give him the ball now. Okay, give him Mm -hmm. the ball. Two Mississippi. Okay, give him the ball. Three Mississippi. (laughs) Okay, give him the ball. Four stepovers later. Finally gives the guy the ball. The defender's pretty much, like, man-marking him, and then the ball gets, you know, refreshed, put around the other side. It's like... Who's teaching this guy? Like, if Sadi's like, okay, Ronaldo, like, dish the ball, and, like, he's not doing it, well, then it's not on Sadi, guys. Like, you know what yeah. I'm saying? Like, it's kind of pretty self-explanatory. But, yeah. Uh, that was, yeah. Uh, I, I, have a really, I have a really, really big problem, personally, with, um, with exactly what you just said, the way that Ronaldo and, and Alexandra tend to link up over there. Um, yeah. Kind of goes back to what you were saying earlier with Zapata. I think the reason why Ronaldo doesn't look for that early pass as quickly as he might have, you know, when you look at him when he played in Real Madrid, um, you know, he had Marcelo flanking him, right, uh, and he had Benzema in the midfield or in the, in the middle of the in the middle of the box, right. So whether he was crossing in himself or he was laying it off to Marcelo, he at least felt confident enough to say, "There's True. somebody who can receive the ball." Right yeah. here. Unfortunately, when we had Mandzukic, it was a different story because Mandzukic, you can play, uh, you know, a, a little bit differently. Granted, but, right? But I mean, right now, like if he passes it off to your point, right? If if at two Mississippi he passes it off to Alexandra, Alexandra's crossing it to DiBala and Doug Costa. You know what I mean? And it's tough because like Ronaldo, the problem is, is that by the time that Ronaldo gets back into the box, Alexandra has someone man marking. So, yeah. I, you know, to, to kind of our earlier point, I think I, I think that that's something that's missing out of our out of our team is somebody who can receive a cross so that Ronaldo doesn't have to pass it, then True. go receive it too, you know? That's a hard thing to... It is. I think there needs to be a little bit better cohesion. I mean, these guys are practicing together, you know? So you, you think they'd be talking about it. Like, you know, give them the... I, th- I think Alexandro's definitely... Like, we've seen it before in the past. Like, he's definitely down to like you know one two i think he's capable more than capable to 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 be able to do that with ronaldo i just uh, like you said i think there's a lack of confidence there and that's why he doesn't want to dish it off whereas maybe with a midfielder he feels like i don't know you look at he was doing it with matuidi he does it with danilo but he doesn't necessarily seem to do it with with Alexandro enough, I, I've noticed that him do it with those players as well, where he's kind of holding on to it when he doesn't necessarily need to. Um, but yeah, we'll see what happens. I, th- I think that's something that could be worked on easily. But uh, oh, it just pisses me off every time I see it. It's like, we're, you know, another opportunity is just being thrown away because, you know, yeah. <laughs> do something. But, you know, Lazio counters. That's what I noticed at the beginning as well. They split us open pretty good at the beginning, and you know they, they had confidence. I think Lazio's a confident team in their game. They know how they want to play. 
Um, they will counter you well. Their passes are crisp. Like I said, 86% they were on as well. So I think pretty good. But, uh, you know, at the beginning, it was pretty much holding the ball for a must. You know, we kind of were, were sitting on the ball, you know, risking a little bit, a little bit, a little bit, you know, getting some chances um, in the sixth minute. Obviously, Bonucci was doing well. You know, he had a great block. He mobily gave a nice ball to Caicedo. And so, I mean, he is there. I mean, he's shown some uh, mistakes, some really bad defending, some really bad mistakes. But, you know, he's there in some moments. And I was I was pleased to see that. Um, then again, you know, something Ronaldo, he just, he doesn't give the ball back. You know, you, you notice Douglas Costa in the ninth minute, Perfect ball to Dybala, to Dybala, gets it over to Ronaldo. And Dybala was kind of like waiting, like, okay, give me the, that, put that ball across the the box to uh, to Dybala again. He takes the shot, obviously. You know, ball goes wide. And we're all like slapping each other, slapping our forwards. Like, come on, yeah. man. Like, we're paying you so much money for this. Then, um, obviously, 11th minute, Dybala free kick, cleared yes. by the defense. It's, oh, go ahead, boss. Yeah, no, I, I was just going to say, I, I agree. I, at one point, it's like, how much money do we have to pay you for you to not do that anymore? You know what I mean? Like, we're, we're, we're paying you this much money, and you keep putting the ball across the goal and, like, practically putting it out for a throw-in. Like, do I, do I have to pay you another couple million dollars to stop that entirely? Because yeah. if that's the case, fine. We can start a GoFundMe. But, like, that's, that's crazy talk. Yeah, man. And then uh, obviously we get into the 11th, Dybala free kick, which was cleared obviously by the defense. But it goes so wide and Delic puts in a nice volley um, back into the into the box and Alexandro gets his head on it. Unfortunately, hits the post, but, you know, definitely something um, was nice to see. I was like, wow, we can actually, you know, create something off set pieces because it seems like, you know, it's it's almost been inexistent in our game. Set pieces are almost a write-off. Obviously, if they're in front of the goal and then you see Ronaldo step in front of it, you're like, okay, that's probably another miss. Or when we've had these, you know, longer, uh, either out wide or further out, you're kind of like, you're not expecting to see much uh, in terms of attack because we haven't really been able to capitalize. Again, pushing again. So 17th minute, um, we lose a 50-50. Milinkovic-Savage takes the ball, lays it off to Cataldi, and he powers one just... To the left, I believe it was the left post. Lazio, like I said, they take, they're very dangerous. And and we got caught like that in two games previously, about a couple weeks apart. Obviously, one being the Supercopa and then the first loss, 3-1. And they're very dangerous. So you you, you have to be alert. You got to mark your, your man. And, you know, you, you can't lose those 50-50s where, uh, then they can just push the ball down the field, push the ball down your throat, like even Milan was doing. And, uh, you know, something that we've been struggling with. Um, <laughs> again, same thing, horrible, what, what I wrote in the 23rd minute, horrible defending on Anderson. Um, so, yeah, again, just more losing 50-50s and, and not not defending properly. Um but we, I found, I felt that we were still kind of in control. Like we were mm-hmm. holding the ball in their half. We we're kind of, you know, dinking the ball, having a couple chances here, having a couple chances there. About the thirtieth minute, you know, nothing, uh, nothing really special. I would say, 
Uh, yeah. 35th minute, Rabiot has a nice run, like completely through Lazio. Obviously, we couldn't capitalize on that. Uh, again, another corner. Ronaldo basically wide uh, wide open, puts it just wide again. Is hit one of those curls uh, in his hair, and it goes goes one way. Then we get to the 43rd minute, and horrible defending by Bonucci. I don't know. It went yep. from like that beautiful block to like that ass out defending, and you know, Immobile cra- Immobile cracks one off the post, and you know, that's really all it takes with us. You know, stupid mistakes are gonna kill us. Um, mm-hmm. And it's just shown like every game, like everyone's saying we have a consistency of, you know, shutting off. Well, you know, if you're making the raw, the, these mistakes, uh, it's going to kill you. And mm-hmm. we've been, we were, I, I found we were really lucky that, you know, no one was really clinical in this first half, um, especially Lazio, because they had chances where they were inches wide and, you know, same with us headers and stuff like that. But, they had some really good chances, and there was really no deadly edge uh, from one team or the other. And we get to the halftime. Kind of anything you have to add about, you know, our first half. I think uh, for me, it was like I said, lacking clinical finishing mm-hmm. from both sides. Yeah, I uh, I personally thought you know the opening half was okay. Um, it wasn't anything to write home about. Right. Um, to your point, I think the reason we were getting kind of killed on those counterattacks. Um, is is the genesis of why we always get killed on counterattacks is that our midfield doesn't play far back enough when they have to. Like right. when the ball gets lost and there's a counterattack, we don't have the Vidal type to sprint back until yeah. he throws up. You know what I mean? We don't have him anymore. So back line and, and frankly, Cuadrado is not running back. Cuadrado tends to end up further forward than anybody else on the team, including the strikers, despite being our right back, right? And when that happens, you know, if there's a breakaway, like even somebody slow is still, you could put Murtisacker at striker and he's still going to outpace Cuadrado if he has 80 yards on him. <laughs> right. So it's one of those situations where I, I, everything that happened in the first half was perfectly expected because of exactly like the moment I saw Cuadrado that far up, I said, okay, there's going to be a counterattack. They're going to kill us. And, and then that's exactly what happened. And it's, you know, it's fact of the matter, but I feel like there has to be some semblance of, you know, Saudi screaming at them saying, Juan, like, do you, like the midfield line, like call that home base. That's where I want you around. You know, whereas like he really hangs out in the opponent's box more than anybody I've ever seen, despite yeah. being a right back. Yeah. Um, so I, I think that was kind of my my biggest, uh, I guess, issue with the way that we played in the first half. The other thing that I, I consistently find to be frustrating and i think that it's a fast uh, doesn't necessarily need to be worked on i think it just his decision also has balls you know 25 yards out um and he's kind of cutting inwards and the reason that you know he had one where he cut back onto his left foot uh he took a shot um and strakosha really you know went right to his chest so it wasn't as if it was anything uh you know to write home but the fact of the matter is, is, you know, that's one shot. And Cristiano has shown in his, in his history that he likes to tap the ball back in. Like, he doesn't need to score the goal from 40 yards away to be happy. He's fine right. if he scores a hat trick of tappings, right? The fact that we don't put as many balls on net as we do 
um, is frustrating because, you know, we do have players that can hit the ball from distance. The other day we had those three goals from Doug, uh, Paolo, and, uh, and Ronaldo that, you know, right. like each of them was better than the last, and they were all from yeah, yeah, exactly. some form of a distance. Paolo's wasn't, but Paolo's was was unique in of itself. But, you know, point is, if you shoot those shots, the goalie's not going to hold on to them every single time. The keeper's going to parry some of them. Yeah. Have a player like Ronaldo who finds himself next to the ball every single time. Those are the things that we want to see, right? And as far as I'm concerned, Douglas Costa looks every single time to have that one little splitting final pass that you think he's going to shoot, but then he plays it through your defense. It reminds me of, it's going to sound like a ridiculous uh, callback, but the pass Pirlo played in the Germany game in 06 to, oh, okay. uh, yeah. Grosso, to yeah. uh, Fabio Grosso, right? That pass, everyone's like, Pirlo's going to do X, Y, Z. He didn't. He passed it right through them. Everyone was looking one way. He passed it the other, right? I love that pass. But it works because you don't try it every single time you have the ball, right? right? The same thing with the Panenka. Like, you only score them every once in a while because you only try them every once in a while. That's why right. goalies don't expect them, right? If you're Doug Costa and you know you can rip a shot from 20 yards away and put it up or 90 five out of 10 times, and the Dude, other five yeah. times are going to be on net, take the shot. Yeah. The worst that happens is it gets blocked and the goalie has to do something instead of sitting there and, like, you know, smoking a cigar and having a, and having a cocktail and waiting until we decide to take shots at him. Yeah. That's something that, you know, those are little things that, in my opinion, I understand Saudi Ball is trying to, you know, do this and do that. And there's very, very specific facets that he's trying to implement. But there has to some, at some point come down to just a general instinct in a player to say, there's a goal in front of me. I can hit a ball hard on my left foot and curl it. Yeah. Let me shoot. And, that's, and that was something that in the first half, I, it just drove me nuts because he did it three or four times. And in the past, when we see him rip those shots, he puts them on net. They're pacey. They sometimes go in. They have a lot of bend to them, and if they don't, the goalie typically doesn't hold on to them very well. Right. No, exactly. That's one of those, you know. Exactly, and again, I hate to harp on like this Allegri, this whole podcast, but like the confidence levels were down. Like I, I really felt that this last the, the last year, you know, a lot of guys felt like their their offensive abilities almost like disappeared because it, they were so subdued. Um, offensively in any case um and you look at the situations where we had to like step up and you know those were i think anomalies but or just will more than than anything than anything else but yeah no i agree 100 percent. i think the confidence level needs to go way up offensively i think guys should not have to like think about it they should just it should be all instinct because like you said these guys are highly skilled highly technical and can, you know, either get a rebound, you know, and it's funny in hockey, we always say pucks on net, pucks on net, pucks on net, because you don't know what's going to happen. Yep. You know, you don't know that if the goalie's going to, uh, he's going to fumble it. He's going to have a nice pop up, which is going to be on the highlights for the next 20 years. You don't know. So, I mean, why not try it? Like I said, these guys are highly skilled, highly talented, technical players. Just try it. And that, that confidence I find has just been, sapped from a lot of our players and that's why you see yeah. kind of a lot of the times when you're like what do you guys not know how to make runs do you guys not know to think uh offensively that's we get into that conversation something i noticed obviously with jake last podcast when you were talking about quadrado being on that right side well obviously people are like you know they like to exaggerate about oh i haven't seen any tactics from sorry i think that's kind of bs when when people are saying that yeah um 
he's now let Alexandro, and another reason why you don't see him bombing up there so much, he's taking that defensive responsibility. So he'll almost drop into a three-man back to be able to always bomb it up to right. Now, teams are going to find this out. Like, they're just going to have to watch tape, and you're going to see it. So obviously now they're just going to, you know, shut down that right-hand side. And that's why you're going to see, you know, everybody, all the fans are going to get frustrated when it's like, oh, well, why are we getting shutting down? Why is inside? Because he's almost forced to because he knows of the defensive, uh, his incapability of of defense, uh, of being a defensive player that he's now forced to take one of his fullbacks as a reinforcement in defense Mm -hmm. because he knows Alexandro's so good defensively. And even the stats show it. So that's what we've noticed. And I'm like, Oh shit! Now it makes perfect sense why you're not seeing him up there all the time mm-hmm. bombing. I've seen him more in the last game in this game, but you know, not to the to the ability of. And I don't think you should be sending two guys all at once. You know, as much as much as these everybody's talking about. Oh, we got we want to go all out attack, all out attack. If if you want to really do that, you got to be guy. You guys got to be prepared. We're going to be letting in three every game. So yeah. that you decide what you want. If if you guys want that. That's uh, that's fine, but we're not going to be the typical Catanacho. Maybe let in one, two, maybe maybe clean sheets every game. You're going to let in two, three a game, guaranteed. So just yeah. take that with a grain of salt, everybody. Anyways, exactly. let's get it, let's get into the second half. Obviously, Dybala, you know, winding run, um, gets it all, takes a shot. Obviously, the 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 goalkeeper kind of again, like you said, taking a shot. Uh, obviously, he was in the box. But the goalkeeper can't handle it, and Ronaldo can't get enough on it, and obviously goes to the uh, the goalkeeper. Then again, DiBala, another great ball to Rabiot, um, and it's just like, again, I don't know why people talk shit, but it's like, just watch the fucking game, guys. Mm-hmm. Um, then we go, uh, you know, obviously DiBala, he's made, he makes mistakes too, messes up a couple shots. Um, Again, kind of early, we're picking it up, picking up the pace a little bit, you know. Got the, or, or sorry, Dybala messes up the shot, um, kind of like bounces around and then gets back to Ronaldo. He takes a shot, and there's kind of like a little bit of a, you know, a deflection at the edge of the box. Now, when I first saw it, I was like, okay, well, whatever. He blocked it with his chest. It was kind of like a, a chance that, that went away. Um, but apparently it hit off his arm. So they go to VAR. Now, again, with this handball rule, you know, being it's so, you know, close, it's a handball. His arms were out. It bounces off. Was he in? Yeah, he was in. Do I like seeing these given? No, because it's another excuse for people to make that, uh, you know, rigging the league, this and that. Mm-hmm. I think generally handballs are too soft as it is. I mean, this one was a little bit worse than what we've seen in the past. His arms were fully out and, and it bounces. Um, but then we get the PK and CR7 converts like like he should. So one nothing Juve, 51st minute. Um, looking good. Um, then, like, right after that, I uh, were, Lazio's in the, obviously, the attacking end. Goes back to the defender. And... This is why I say press the fucking players so many damn times and everyone's like, yep. 
oh, well, Ronaldo, you know, he doesn't have to, you know, may run and this and that. This is why you press. And this is why Sadi's style works so well <laughs> when it works so well. Because we when a defense... Every other players. Exactly. So when everyone's playing on that same level, Dybala comes up with a beautiful steal and it's down the other end, tap in Ronaldo goal. Like, this is just like theory into practice yeah. in, vid- in video. Like, that's all we got to do. And, you know... Obviously, you want to win the ball as much as you can in their end, press them as much as you can. And again, Ronaldo's an older player, so I understand that. But this is why it, the system works the way it does. You know, you can win the ball back, you're hemming them in their own end. And if they do make a mistake, you're off to the races. So beautiful 54th minute, we're up 2 nothing. You know, and then you could tell it was kind of like, okay, now it's game management time. And now I was kind of thinking, okay, how is obviously I knew what the score was because I watched the game after work. So I, I knew we had won two one, but I'm like, okay, well, let's see how this this management goes, right? Obviously, 57 Matuidi comes in for Ramsey. Uh Danilo comes in for uh Douglas Costa, and obviously Cuadrado now moves up to right wing. What I obviously expected the start of the game could have been like. Um, but then again, I think that's Sure, you're shoring up the back, but now Cuadrado's like exhausted. Uh, the tank's empty at about 60 minutes because he's running up and down so much. And um, but yeah, we kind of continue on, but there is there is that game management. Um, you know, Ronaldo free header from the corner again. Like I said, that one goes wide. Um, but this one, 66 minute Ronaldo or. Dybala, excuse me, with the perfect run and just puts like an amazing, like again, another amazing cross to Ronaldo. And I'm like, oh, here we go. This is number three. But unfortunately, he can't finish it. Header off the bar. Um, Again, guys, this game probably could have been out of reach. Um, Again, Lazio, they, they were down players. They had their chances as well. But we had a lot of chances that we, that we got to convert on. Um, Obviously, again, 72nd minute, Dybala again can't finish a prime chance. Bonucci actually gave him a really nice ball um, over the top, I think it was. And uh, that's something that we need to use more often. Um, I noticed with uh, with Bonucci, excellent ball. And we haven't really seen that, like the, like the times where we had BBC. Now... Mm-hmm. So you haven't really seen Bonucci really running, you know, the show, being the playmaker that he, that he used to. And I, I think, you know, obviously we can we can bitch about his defensive abilities as much as we want. But, um, yeah, definitely haven't seen that. So it was nice to see that. And I hope he can get because he can deliver a ball. You look at various games in the Italian national team, obviously with Juve in our, you know, if you want to call them glory years or the beginning years of this great run. But... Definitely, we got to get back to using him when we can. And that that in itself is going to open up teams uh, quite easily. You know, mm-hmm. it's looked like, you know, the game's turning into this more of an offensive style. So defensively, teams aren't as solid. And uh, you look at against Milan, right? The, the Pjanic ball over the top. Two guys, you know, uh, make a horrendous double jump to get the ball. And then obviously Ronaldo just slots it in. 
So, uh, yeah, up to the 75th minute, what, what kind of uh, thoughts did you have, uh, Frankie, to get you involved? Sorry for keeping you. Uh, no, no, no. Yeah, I, uh, I don't mean, I don't know. I, I think from the 45th to the 75th, um, you know, I think we played okay. I think, you know, the goals were kind of, uh, the first goal, um, it's definitely a penalty, um, especially yeah. with the new rules. I'm, I'm like, I'm, I'm frankly like sick and tired of hearing everybody say that like us getting handballs is like nonsense, but then everybody else getting them is fine. Um, yeah. Like these handball rules suck, everybody. Like they're yeah. not good. No one likes them. You know what I mean? So it's not, no one's having fun with these handball rules. No one likes penalty kicks. Yeah. So, uh, it, you know, but I mean, that said, <clears throat> it's a handball. And even in some of the older rules, it's a handball. You yeah. know what I mean? It's not necessarily a natural position on your body. He's jumping with his hands coming off of it. I mean, you know, and, and I'm glad that VAR is there. Um, this is the reason it's there, right? Yeah. Uh, it's not, you know, uh, this this is the, a classic case of it being used perfectly, and I'm glad for that. Um, you know, Ronaldo did well of converting his penalty, putting it low and hard, and making sure that, you know, uh, that Strakosha couldn't make it. Um, you know, which I guess then conversely, not to get too ahead of ourselves, but that happens again on the other one. But, um <laughs> Yeah, and then, you know, I think we did play well for that, like, uh, you know, for that that little bit of time right before we stole the ball. Um, to your point, I think that just comes from, I think it comes from the pressing. I think it also comes partially from Lazio having a little bit of their wits taken away at that moment. True, um, true. Honestly, because if you look at that play, I mean, they're playing with their back line, like, in front of midfield. Yeah, oh, yeah. Like, like they're, they're as far up as you possibly can be. And, and you know, I... As far as I'm concerned, I mean, I, you know, there aren't many players that I want to be dribbling the ball like that with nobody behind them as a defender in the first place. You know, I don't have that yeah. much faith in any players. Um, you know, the pressing was great. Uh, I, I thought that, you know, Dybala and Ronaldo did exactly what they needed to. Um, good on Dybala for not taking it himself. Uh, I He scores that goal anytime that he wants to, but he passes yeah. it to Ronaldo because he's a good friend. Right. Yeah. Um, that's, that's, that's what I well, kind of loved about that goal. If it was, if it was Ronaldo running with the ball, he would have been caught by the defender. Let's just be honest. For sure. Yeah. And if he, <laughs> and if it was Ronaldo one-on-one with the goalie with a player on to his left, he's shooting it. Oh yeah, for sure. A hundred times out of a hundred times. Which so. is fine. Which is fine. Like I said, as long yeah. as the ball goes in the net, I don't give a shit who scores. But anyways, continue exactly. on my friend. Yeah, no, but I thought, um, you know, to your, to your point earlier, I thought Bonucci, um, you know, I thought our back line played okay during that time. Um, I liked those ball. I liked that one ball that Bonucci did try to to pass. Um, I kind of think back to the game against Young Boys a few years ago. Um, Bonucci played that incredible ball over top, and then Dybala first time just puts it right in, right in the first like, couple minutes of the game. So, um, yeah, I mean, I thought, you know, I, I think what keeps happening, um, and it's crazy. I used to always be fearful of having a one nothing win or a one nothing lead because I'm like they're going to score and they're going to tie us. But now two nothing is like is like the new one nothing, right? Crazy. But yep. um, yeah, I mean, the moment we went up two nothing, I literally, I think I tweeted like I've seen this movie before. I know what happens in this one. <laughs> um, it scared the hell out of me. And then you know, I, frankly, we started playing worse. Yeah. And I think that was because you know I think Saudi let them sit back a little bit further. Um, you know the changes uh, that that ended up happening: Matuidi for Ramsey and Daniela for Douglas. Uh, you know I think they're definitely two much more uh, uh, defensive approaches compared to anything else like in previous. But I mean, you know that said, uh, one thing that I can't get over is like if did, I, I'm going to be honest with you right now, Dan. 
if Danilo plays for Juventus next year, uh, yeah. like, I don't know what I'm going to do. Uh, the guy is an absolute donkey. Like, I, I can't watch it. He gets subbed on, and then the first thing he decides to do is foul, get yellow cards. Like, that's like we sub him on to get cards. It's like a DeShilio moment. <laughs> it's crazy. And, it, you know, and it's terrible because I remember when – I think Danilo scored, like, uh, like in one of the first games we had this season. Well, so just like against, to get him uh, in and, against uh, Sassuolo, he scored as well, too, right? The first one, the yeah. screamer, right? So it's like when, when he scores those goals, you're like, okay, you know, maybe he has some glimpses. You know, he, he has some experience. Maybe he yeah. does as well. And then he comes into a game like this where you're like, yeah, we need composure. We need finesse. And he's like, what's that? You want me to try to break his ankle? No, no, don't do that. We need you to yeah. just don't. Not that Danilo. Like, every. I feel like Saudi has like a telling him constantly, stop, don't do that. You know? Yeah. Yeah, no, it's, uh, I think, like, for me, the, the Danilo move was more of a, okay, let's get fresh legs on. I just don't get why yeah. you don't take Cuadrado off because he's going to be exhausted as, as is, anyways, being on, on the right back. And then maybe you take Luke Douglas Costa and put in like a midfield or a defender if you really want to. You know, that's more of a fresh. And then Ramsey. I don't think he had a great game, and it kind of made sense. Obviously, then you're up 2 nothing, so, okay, defend the lead. So, yeah, like I said, game management. But then again, you know, 77th minute, uh, I believe it was Cuadrado had the ball, and he just gets stripped by that guy Anderson. And again, yeah. a great strike, and now, okay, now they're starting to get life. Obviously, it's 2-0, but they haven't scored yet, so you wouldn't say the momentum's too high, but you're giving them chances to you know, get reopen the game. Then at the 82nd minute, Bonucci, man, like you got to be so much smarter than this. If you want to see, this is, you know, with tech, this is my, this is my big problem. And a lot of uh, chats has been talking. You look at how Buffon is in, okay, maybe he's older. He's not technically as, as strong anymore. If you want to say that or not, whatever, that's fine. Um, but Buffon commands the line. Okay, yep. he no, he lets you know where you are, what you're doing, who's there, who's not there. This is my problem with 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 Chesney. And again, great keeper, he's done an amazing job for us. I don't think we should have given him the extension, but that's fine. He needs to be more vocal in this situation because it does seem like Bonucci's like, okay, I'm gonna kind of back into the guy to make a little bit of a se- separation. And Tech, you're going to come up, jump, and you're going to pick up the ball. So he hesitates. And as a striker, Immobile does the right thing, cuts around him, and then obviously takes the contact. Because then Bonucci's like, oh, shit, Tech isn't going to get the ball. So now I'm going to have to go and kick forward. He, you know, he comes in contact with Immobile. Immobile is going to do what any good striker does, go down and gets and gets the PK. So, you know, that's kind of the mistake there that, you know, you can't, you can't really have between defender and goalkeeper. So, I mean, you know, Bonucci, it's a stupid thing. Just go and clear the ball. If, you, if, if you're there, just go and clear the fucking ball. But, you know, you guys are teammates. You know, be, you have to be a little bit smarter than that. And then again, like I said, now what happens in the next game? Because Bonucci's now on card accumulation. He's suspended. So does that mean now we got to bring in someone who's, is Demiral ready? I don't know. Right. Is Chiellini ready? I don't know. Um, is Rugani the only hunt that is 100% fit compared to all the defenders? So 
this is like the stupid situations that we put ourselves in. Obviously, then what happens, you know, it's kind of now Lazio's, you know, they're pressing. We throw Rugani in for Dybala um, in the 89th, you know, to kind of shore up, throw another defender back there. Um, but things don't go too wrong for us this time. Obviously, at the end, though, 90th minute, Milinkovic Savic, great free kick um, and great save by uh, Wojciech Szczesny. Um, which kind of saved our ass again. Uh, there was something similar, obviously, in the Sassuolo game where Tech save, makes a huge save and then Sandro clears, which could have been the 4-3 uh, for Sassuolo. Um, but again, same thing here. Great save. Um, and yeah, we, we kept it that close. Fortunately, this game, Lazio didn't have their big guns and really, you know, full squad. And I think, you know, we got over the line. So hopefully that 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 uh, you know brings us the confidence. Obviously, again there was another a chance. Moro, the young player from Lazio, I believe he's like 17 or something, mm-hmm. ball over the top down the middle, and Bonucci, you know, you got to give him credit. He makes it an unbelievable tackle to get the ball out of there. And again, that could have been something where he goes in on goal and and, and we draw two two, and then you know questions get asked. But that was the game, everybody. Um, yeah. Uh, Crazy, crazy that we went 2-1. And I'm happy that that we are. I'm happy we're this close. Obviously, like I said before the show, new new kind of segment, polemike. I don't think there's any real real shouts at either of the penalties. I think, like you said, exact penalty on the the, the Lazio uh, handball. And then obviously, you know, Bonucci doing the stupid kick out to, you know, knock Chido Immobile down. Um, obviously three up, three down is going to be a new thing. Pretty similar segment from what we had. Um, if you had to pick, who's your three players that were, you know, not up to par, let's say. Not up to par. Um, Cuadrado, um, again, I think just because, you know, he didn't, he offers what he offers and that's fine, but that's not enough at this point. You know, if we're going to be challenging on three fronts consistently every year, it's not enough. Um, Aaron Ramsey, I can't pretend like he he did anything that warrants you know another. I, I don't want to say another starting spot because that's not right. But yeah, we we don't have the spoils of riches to say no, you're not playing. Um, but we I don't think that he depth. played. Right, right, right. Yeah, yeah. As according to everybody, we have this like incredible squad depth that's like we're bringing on you know whatever. Um, and thirdly, I mean. To be honest, I, I don't know that I have uh, an immediate and obvious third. Um, I do think that Bonucci probably is going to fit that, but I don't think that he had too too bad of a game. He did have some good. He did have some good recoveries. Um, you know, he's the most frustrating player on the pitch because he does so many things right, and then he does one thing wrong, and he does that so wrong that you forget everything he did otherwise. And I'm glad that you brought up that he, you know, he did make a good tackle. He, uh, you know, he did play well on Muro. He did make a good pass over the top. Like, he does these things well. It's just his misses. It's like, you know, it's hard to pay attention to his good passes when he's trying to block a ball with his ass and it goes in. Yeah. Really hard for me to argue for you when you do that, right? Well, it's like, um, my, it's like my argument with Bernardeschi. Like, he does the yeah. same thing. He'll make like five, six, seven, ten good runs and like create chances and then he'll like give the ball away in the in the worst spots and like create massive chaos and then you're just like like what what's going on like how how does it go from there to here uh so fast 
but yeah, no, I, I agree. I have to say Bonucci in there. I, I agree with Cuadrado 100%. I agree with Ramsey. But now the question, now some people are starting to question, it's been, what, six games we've played so far, seven games? Now it's starting to say, well, is it really rust from, and again, I agree 100%, he really hasn't played this year, even if you're looking back into the uh, first part of the season, um, quite heavily injured uh, or off for the, for the most part. But um, yeah, now that's, that's a question, right? Because I'm sure there's going to be teams out there, right, that we could possibly move or make other deals or swaps. So that's going to be a big question. Is this rust? Is this, or is this just, you know, how it's going to be? Obviously, like you said, he had before, maybe he's not really accustomed yet um, because it, again, it's two different leagues, uh, two different styles, two different, everything pretty much compared to the English league. Yeah. I would say is different. Um, but obviously let's get into three up. For me, Dybala, man of the match. Uh, I like I said, goals count when it's a game winner or it's like you look at how like these these who scored and transfer market and whatever all these other sites rate like games and it's all heavily based off of like who's scoring and who's getting mm-hmm. scored on. And to me, I just I don't see it that way. Like. And I'll beat a dead horse again, but it's like watch the games and see who's really making that impact. And to me, Dybala made the biggest impact in this game. And if we start Higuain, it's a different, it's a way different story. Um, obviously, Ronaldo, I think number two, obvious, uh, converted the two goals. And then Rabiot, I really liked. Uh, I liked him in this game. Um, I thought you know he's consistently put in uh, showings. And I obviously, and I didn't expect this from him. I thought it was going to be a situation where this guy's probably going to go. We're going to swap him with something, with someone for whoever, uh, either you know, getting a good plus Valenza or whatever the case may be. But he's really impressed me so far. Um, I'll admit it. Um, and for me, honorable mention, Alexandro, just because you know he's proven me right, and I like when players prove me right. <laughs> so uh, yeah, I'll take I'll, we'll take that. How about yourself? Yeah, I think um, to your point, Dybala, man of the match. Um, I mean, it, like if he's not there, I, I'm, I'm telling you, I don't even think Ronaldo knows who's playing in midfield. Yeah. Um, it's it's night and day when he's not on the pitch. Um, Ronaldo, you have to keep in the top three because I mean, like it, you know, it, to your point, goals matter when they're winners. But I mean, he scored both of them. So, um, yeah. and that said, I mean, I'm not going to pretend like he didn't have some good chances. You know, I, I'm right. I'm a little personally, I'm a little under. Uh, under appreciating or I'm expecting more out of his finishing. Um, yeah. Especially, you know, I, I, I'm not going to ever pretend like it's an easy job what he does, but right. you know, you have to question how like he has to head the ball down more. Yeah. There have been way too many times where he heads the ball directly straight and that's great. But you know, I can't tell you how many times it feels like he hits the crossbar, he hits the post, he gets to the goalie, whatever, you know, and it's because he's hitting it right at the goalie's hand or his face or like, that's fine. I'm not, again, I'm not going to question how Cristiano Ronaldo heads the ball. I'm sure right. he does it better than me, but like fact of the matter is, you know, if, if there seems to be some kind of consistent thing where, you know, every time you go for a header, it, the same thing happens, you know, you have to start questioning. I mean, he's been putting a lot of headers over. And there are a lot of free headers. They're not yeah. headers that are necessarily, you know, contested, too right. contested. Yeah, there there have been some headers. I mean, even the Milan game, he had a couple of headers that he put directly at Donnarumma, where it's like, 
I, listen, I can get paid $15 million a year to do that. Oh, you don't even have to pay me the full 30. You know what I'll I mean? Take a, so, I'll take a couple for sure. Yeah, exactly. Um, <laughs> no, it's, but my I third, agree. I agree, man. Just one thing though, like, like you yeah. said, it's, it's clinical. It's, it's down to being clinical. And again, you look at the salary and that all factors in, right? Like, uh, it's going to make Juve as a club and obviously on the day, a hell of a lot easier situation if he's scoring on these chances. So, like, if we're getting games to 3-4-0, like we should be, uh, and we should be finishing a lot of these chances, it's a completely different game, okay? Yeah. And, and, and that's really what the problem's been. I think that's what the fans are seeing, and that's what's annoying a lot of people, is the fact that we should be scoring four or five goals, and it's not really coming from the top, whereas we'll get two or three, and then we're letting teams come back in because you know, our defense isn't, isn't as, as good as it was and we're, we're making mistakes and stuff like that. So that's, I think, where the problem lies and where you're like, oh, well, you know, I would... And then they start they start going back to, oh, I would rather be winning one nothing or, or whatever. But that's, I think, where the frustration lies is we're not, we're not burying teams when we can. And like you said, he had a hell of a lot of chances this game. Dybala had chances as well that he could have, ta- that he could have uh, delivered on. Again, some headers, Bonucci, Alexandro had his, but... Let's hear your third, and obviously, yeah. if you want to respond to that. Yeah, no, I, the only thing I would add um, at the end there is that um, this is just because I'm 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 half a Dybala fanboy, half I just I to your point, I watch the games, right? So like I, right. I I really wholeheartedly think that when you compare the two guys' shots, if you watch the game, like if you compare their stats, I'm sure that their shots are pretty similar. I think we went over it earlier. Um, if you compare their actual like in game, what it looks like, Dybala is making his shots for himself. Yeah, Dybala is creating the whole shot, and he's typically dribbling at twenty yards before he even gets the ball off in the first place. Right? He's beating a player. He's beating two. He's doing this. He's doing that. Ronaldo, like these are headers that he's missing. These are like tap. These are these are shots that you're like any like if Gino Immobile can finish these goals, yeah, and he's not getting paid thirty million a season. Like I understand they were paying Ronaldo a lot for the marketing and for the etc. Right, but you know, like some of the goals you kind of expect. Like I'm not. 30 goals is never expected, but when you have like 13 or 12 penalties, I mean, you know, you're already halfway there. Yeah. So, so I, uh, yeah, I think that all being said, I think my third, um, I think my third is between Rabio and Dilit. Um, reason okay. being Rabio, Rabio, I think, I think Rabio is, I have it written down here. The only person that's faster than Rabio was Arsato. Um, cause he, <laughs> Arsato had a, a turn of, he, he looked like uh, like uh, like like prime Messi. The way that he turned so quickly when he had to go to the other side of the field for VAR, unbelievable. But no, I thought I thought Rabiot was uh, I thought he was a really uh, an interesting glimpse of uh, of you know what he could be. We talked about it before. He has a talent. Um, he just has to kind of apply himself. Um, I love the fact that he makes those runs. Um, I can't yeah. I can't even stress how much I appreciate that. It gives me a very you know one thing that I think we lost when we lost Pogba was a player who like wants to beat you yeah you know like and we have that with Doug Costa we have that with Dybala but they play further up so you don't have that in that center in that in the center of the field where you know you have someone like Rabiot if Rabiot tries to take a player on and beats him well he beat a player like you're still dribbling on he doesn't have to immediately pass the ball off he has that sort of confidence now where you know he beats one player and he looks at the next player to beat he's not looking for that sideways pass that you 
how many times has Giannis beaten one player and passed it to the side? Oh, yeah. And then thing goes forward, and then, you know, and then we're back to square one. Um, but, uh, again, that's Rabio. I think, is my fourth player. My third is uh, the elite. I, I can't stress enough how important it is that at 20 years old, he's screaming twice as much as Bonucci at the rest of the defenders on where they should be standing. He's the one who's keeping the most amount of conversation going with Peck to make sure that if he's pushing forward, you know, to your point earlier, if Juan Cuadrado runs so far forward that they have to switch to a back three yeah. where Alexandro's on the left side, you know, how many times do we swing the ball and then Alexandro has to push up and now we really yeah. only have two defenders two. because Juan didn't back yet. You know, and 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 it, it makes me feel better, for lack of a better phrase, because I see Delict on the on the that back end screaming his head off, letting you know the defender in front or the defender to his right, whether that be Bonucci or whoever, or um, you know Bentancur who's right in front of him, screaming his head off, saying, "Listen, get back and support, because if they hit us on a counterattack, like we're fast, but we're not that fast." Right. And I, and I think that vocalization, that communication, it's 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 a part of a game that you know you only get by hanging out with people like Chiellini and and Barzali and Buffon and et cetera. Yeah. Uh, you know, and then to further that point, I mean, anytime that he's not in position, anytime that Delift is not in a good position, he either gets back to a good position or he makes a tackle that's just out of this world. Yeah. Like I, I I feel like every time that I see him chasing a player down, I'm like, he's gonna body him. He's going to get such a good tackle on him right now. And yeah, like Atletico consistent. Madrid. Atletico Madrid yeah. against Correa every time. That just gif just goes in my head. But, yeah, no, I agree. Um, I think – I don't know if – like, again, I would love to give Kalini and, you know, the veterans a lot of credit. But I think just it's been instilled in him. It's, you know, mm-hmm. one in a, once in a generational – I mean, I know he's a young guy, but, like, he's been pretty dynamic for us and, you know, yeah. probably, t- you know, has really told the line when – Unfortunately, we haven't been able to use Chiellini because of his injury problems. Obviously, he's getting older. But, no, I agree 100%. I think it's just something that's instilled in him. And, you know, it's really nice to see a guy that's really embracing the club as well that is not just some guy that was going to come in here and be like, okay, well, this is my vacation and, you know, I'm on to Barcelona next. This is kind of just, you know, a stepping stone for me. It really, I mean... Obviously, knock on wood, I don't want to, you know, jinx that or anything. But, yeah. you know, it really seems like he's really liking the club and the city and the the, the, the tifosi and, and everything like that. So I like to see that. And, yeah, I agree. I think, you know, he's definitely, definitely up there. Uh, you know, I want to give a little bit Adrian, uh, Adrian his, his due. But, yeah, yeah definitely. Def- definitely. Yeah, I mean, pretty much every game that Dilek plays, you can have him in, like, the top three. <laughs> for the most part and it's almost like it's like right saying. Yeah, yeah i know his exactly. shoulder is injured right now too and he's playing this well it's like i i have a really hard time coming to terms with the fact that i would rather like a one-armed delict over like a two-armed bonucci but it's a fact right now and like yeah. if this is how he's playing injured then i mean you know it, there's only up to go from here i mean you look at that ajax team from last year like they were all that was a team of assassins like they were right. you talk about generational talent like they had four on that team, at least. Yeah. And it's one of those things where, like, you know, my expectation when he landed in Turin was exactly that. It was like, yes, we're investing into a 19-year-old. But we're investing into a 19-year-old that, like, you know, players like Ronaldo, players like Chiellini have things to say about him that, like, are not just he plays well. Yeah. There are things that, like, to you and me, we might not see because we don't play professional football, but 
to them, it's like, you know, Chiellini probably watches him scream every single game. That's something that you notice as you're as a central defender, as a captain, as a what have you. That, you know, that could be that's that's something that, you know, you can't teach. You might not be able to teach very well. So I, I think that getting him, I, I personally think he's right now him, Dybala and Benton going forward are going to be like our three most important players. Yeah, bar none. Yeah. I don't think it's going yeah, to be even a contest. Yep. And I think we kind of touched on it on pretty much everybody. Um, the only thing I want to kind of cover is obviously uh, Sarri and what, what you thought of his game, uh, more of a ranking out of 10. Um, I mean, like I said, I think we've covered pretty much everybody here. Tech, I think, um, I think that save save was unbelievable (laughs) and, uh, I'm not going to hang him up on something that, you know, could have been easily mistaken between, you see that happening a lot with other teams and even more often. So I'm not going to hang him up on that. Like I said, I give guys their due and I am, I accept that guys are going to make mistakes, uh, here and there. So like I said, I'm not going to hang him up on that. I think he did a phenomenal job in the game for what he had to do. Um, but Sarri, um, like, again, his changes, what do you think? I, I was kind of – with Sarri, I'm not surprised when he makes his changes. It's all kind of like you know what he's going to do. It's one-for-ones and that kind of stuff. So yeah. when he when he did put Rugani in, I was – you know, and I think there's another question about that too. We'll get into a little bit more. But you know, what did you think of the coach in general? Yeah, I thought um, to your point, I think all of his subs were like for like. Um, and you know, I think over the last three coaches, we had a lot of different ways of subbing. Um, I'm gl- I'm personally am much more of a fan of the way Sade does it rather than like Conte, who wouldn't sub until the 89th minute, and it would be like Jovinko zero zero. And that's yeah. It. We had zero zero, and let's sub in Jovinko for two minutes. Uh, then you had Allegri, who I I really thought he I thought Allegri made his substitutions well. I think he made them at the wrong times. I think Allegri had one of the best substitution abilities, really, because the way that you watch how he subbed, he I subbed agree. into for new formation. He watched the game and he said, you know, that's why we beat. In my opinion, that's why we beat the teams that we beat in the Champions League all those years. You know, that's why we went as far as we did against Bayern Munich. That's why we beat. Uh, you know the that Barcelona team, or, and and why we beat the um, uh, the Real Madrid team that we beat over two legs. You know the reason we beat those teams is because you know Allegri watched the game and said, okay, we're playing uh, you know whatever right now. Let's switch to a three five two because they're doing X Y Z, or they're playing more on the wide side, so let's make it more narrow. He he made tactical changes right, that actually exactly. changed the tactics. It wasn't something where, you know, it wasn't FIFA where it's like, oh, I have a left back who's tired. Let me put in a new left back. Yeah. And sometimes Sadi feels that way. Yeah. But Sadi also has the luxury that the coaches before him didn't necessarily always have, which is, you know, like for like substitutions. Yeah. You know, there were a lot of times in the past where, you know, you were, you were kind of hoping that Dybala could play a right wing, but then also playing him at center attacking mid, but then maybe a striker. Yeah. And then you had Mandzukic, who was a striker, but then sometimes a left midfielder. You know, you, but but they were versatile, and you were able to do that. Now Saudi has the opportunity to kind of just say, you know, let's take out uh, whoever and put in the exact same type of player. You know, and and there he's able to do that, and he's exploiting that, and it's good. That said, I'm wor- I worry this year because of the fact that you know everybody does think that we have this absurd depth. Um, I don't buy into it that much. I really don't. I don't think that the players that are, are on the bench. 
um, can close out games that aren't against teams like Bologna or teams against, like uh, like Frosinone or Chievo, teams that like you would expect a team like Juventus to win the game and you expect them to win it handily. The right. players that are on our bench, we can play in those games, and I feel confident that they'll get the result. I, I don't get, I don't feel confident subbing in Rugani to have a defensive like masterclass when he just let up three goals against Milan a week ago. Yeah. You know, and, and they weren't all his fault. I'm not pretending that any of them were, you know, but but point still stands is that there's a confidence factor that, you know, at right. one point you have to question, are these players confident? Are they talented enough? Are they the level that we need them to be? So that when yeah. we do sub them in, you know, like a player like Benedeschi, I think he's a great sub. I think bringing I him in, he, he, he revitalizes a little bit. He brings a bit of pace. He brings a bit of strength. And, you know, he's a bit different of a player. But the fact of the matter is, we only have a few of those on the bench. Then we yeah. have players like Danilo, who I don't think Danilo is up to par with our team. I would, I would rather half Cancelo than I would full Danilo. And, and yeah. that's, you know, but it's one of those things where when Danilo, I see that he's starting, I get worried because now I think that entire right side is a, is a liability. Yeah. You know, so it's, it's, it, I think that his subs made sense. I think that he did a good job of subbing. I just think that the problem is, is, when you make the substitutions with a very obvious intent of just trying to defend your lead, those players play like they're defending a lead, not like they're trying to proactively win the game, you know? Um, and, and I know that's kind of a weird way of saying that, but I guess, you know, you don't put in Rugani so that you, you know, you might score another goal. You put in Rugani so that you defend every header that comes in and every car, right. you know? So I, I appreciate that, and I'm glad that he did it. But I, I just I get too nervous when he does. So. Yeah, and I, and I think I agree 100. percent I think Allegri, you know, first three years were masterclass in terms of you know his substitution ability. I think what he what happened with him is you know he started getting a little too excited about what he could do with formations, mm-hmm. and he thought he could like somehow like reinvent like guy's career and i mean it works in certain cases but when he really got it wrong it got re- like it was really bad yep. um with sarri at the beginning he you know this 433 has kind of been you know magical because we have the wingers that we need being bernardeschi who should be always at a right wing i heard someone saying that no we should bring him back into the midfield i think that's completely wrong i think he's a right winger and he should always stay a right winger that's case closed for me. Um, And it's worked because the false nines worked. Um, Mm. So it's kind of, we've have now the guys on the bench, we have central mids, we have wingers that we can switch. Obviously Ronaldo's going to stay in the left wing. So you don't have to worry about that ever. And so pretty much, I think that's why Sadi's getting into this like for like is because, you know, we can do it. We have the players. There's, there's not the injury concerns that, again, with Allegri, we had a, a lot of times where or mm-hmm. guys are suspended. So, because the, you got to remember, there was a lot of guys getting injured uh, when Allegri was the coach. You know, we had these horrible records of, uh, you know, J Hospital. So, mm-hmm. yeah. But, so, let's get into, obviously, now some comments. Obviously, Paratici at the beginning said sacking Sarri. Intention internally, we're laughing with these rumors. I kind of, I, I still don't see it. I'd be shocked if we got rid of him, just because yeah. we signed that three-year contract. Um, then again, Saturday talks about you know Paulo Dybala. Um, he had obviously back pain in training the day before, and that's why he wasn't going to start. Which 
thankfully there was an actual reason that he gave it the end. It didn't keep it quiet yeah. like Allegri probably would have. But um, yeah, no, obviously Gonzalo had the same problem today during the warm up, and obviously Dybala was feeling better, so we had they had to risk him essentially. Um, obviously, then he talked about Ronaldo, obviously an extraordinary player. His ability to recover from one match to another is superhuman. And I'm not talking about the physical, but the mental. The mental. He is a champion in his feet and in his head. Uh, I think, again, yeah, it's quite cra- crazy that he's he's not play- He's actually playing these, like... And I don't know if this is maybe an ego thing because of the goals and the record. But, um, yeah, I'm surprised he's even playing in these smaller games. Um because you th- you think you know of preservation and wanting to keep someone you know fresh as possible and not having to risk playing you know a Lecce or a, you know Sassuolo or whoever, right? So incredible, um, yeah, and it's incredible. You know, even look look at the records, right? First player, fifty goals in in three top leagues. Obviously, obviously Serie A, uh, Premier League, and and La Liga, and then obviously I believe it was fifty goals in in sixty one games. Uh, which beat, uh, was it Van Basten's record, I believe? Uh, I think it was Shevchenko. Might have Shevchenko, been. Shevchenko, that's right. Well, I know yeah, it was a yeah. Milan player, but uh, yeah. so that's another thing we got over Milan. Beautiful. We got the Paolo, <laughs> we got the Paolo Maldini started, and now we got the fucking goals record. So it's beautiful. <laughs> it's beautiful. Yeah, nothing, uh, nothing makes me happier than watch a couple of Milan fans on Twitter just getting upset. Because well, you know I, what? I feel they, bad for the Paolo. I feel bad. Yeah, but you know what? The moment the the moment it changes something. Yeah. The cry. So I love them. You know, I got a lot of Milan fans that they got a very close part of my heart. But I. I... <laughs> yeah, and obviously Cristiano talks about it himself. Obviously, he says yes. I want to try and beat Iguain's record. Iguain's record of thirty-six goals in Serie A. I mean, we'll see what happens. Um, breaking records is always important, very important. But today we have a we've done a good job for the whole team. The important thing is to win, and I'm trying to help the team win. Um, obviously, kind of generic answer. Um, Del Piero made a comment, obviously on Sky. He said Cristiano Ronaldo. I see him very focused on his role at Juventus. He scores, makes himself ready, which is a constant presence. And uh, yeah, no, I definitely think. You know, hopefully it's not an ego thing. I really, I, I think as long as he's seeing, you know, the big picture and, you know, us getting the wins, which we needed to this game, because uh, it was crucial. And, uh, yeah, I think next game against Udinese coming up, one hand on the trophy. I hope we don't take this game lightly. I hope we go into it, you know, wanting to smash these guys 3-4-0. Um, because if we get complacent, anything can happen. Um, you don't, yeah. you, 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 yeah, you don't want to, you don't want to tempt fate, right? I like to be in the, uh, in the, in the realm of, you're going to, can you hear me? Yeah. Go ahead, man. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. No, I was, I was just going to say, I'm, I personally like to believe that he's playing these games because he himself feels good and he feels like he's strong enough to play those games. Um, that said, I think that uh, I think that Ronaldo is actually going to have a pretty big game against Udinese if he does play. Um, I think honestly, I think Juve is going to have just a big game in general. I think this is going to be a huge boost. Um, I don't think that we're going to have a hangover. I really don't. I I, I have a feeling that this team is going to kind of look at the Lazio game and understand that you know we could have gotten out of there uh, worse off than we did. Um, and I think they're going to recognize the fact that you know Udinese 
for as much as we want to, you know, they used to historically be a team that kind of gave us a little bit of a problem when Dina Dalla was there. Um, but, you know, over the last couple of years, I mean, they haven't really challenged us too much, um, if at all. I mean, we had that one game a few years back where I think we scored seven on them. Um, so, I mean, yeah, you know. They're a shadow. It's, it's one of those where I think we're going to play well, and I think if we play to our actual ability, we obliterate them. And I think if yeah. we play to half of our ability, we even, we even beat them. So, um, yeah, you know, my – my hope is that you know we don't we don't take it too lightly, um, and that we we definitely we treat it as if it is the fourth last game of the season, right? Right. And not like it's just a, a regular game away to Udinese. So. Right. And that everything's wrapped. I would have to conclude right. as well. Um, yeah. Uh, let's get to the couple questions that we got. Obviously, James Martino says, "What do you think of the starting three in the midfield?" I think we pointed this out before. Uh, mm-hmm. Probably our best midfield. Um, Pjanic is pretty much done. Um, I, don't, I don't think he's had a great year. I don't know uh, what more to say. Yeah. He's off. Um, obviously, what was the next question? So, Ronaldo had the two goals, but developed was the man of a match for, obviously, James again, who was on uh, a couple of podcasts ago. Um, if Pepita didn't pull up, would we have blown the game with Sari's preferred lineup? Yeah. yeah, I think that's a big question. I think that's a big question that you have to really consider. And again, we we talked about it a lot. So yeah, James, I think for sure it's uh, something you would have to consider. It'd be a completely different game, in my opinion. Um, Rafa's MVP of the game. I think for me, DiBala just pips uh, Ronaldo again. I think you said the same thing, Frankie. Yeah. Um, what do you think about the subs Sadi made? Again, like for like. It's kind of modeling kind of what we were talking about, about what these guys yeah. were bringing up. Um, obviously, starting lineup for the next game. I think, again, status quo. If you want to bring Bernardeschi back in, you bring him back in. Um, you keep the midfield the same to kind of get some, uh, you know, you again, if we can end it off against Udinese, you put your best lineup. Uh, I don't care who. And obviously, yep. Bonucci is going to be out. So you see who's the best defender that we have to put in. If we have to put in Demiral and and he's but he's fit, you put Demiral in in the center back role there. If you if Kilini's fit and he's good to go, you put Kilini right. Whoever's whoever's the the most fit at the time, and I think you know pretty self explanatory. And we don't get any we won't get in any uh, problems with that. Um, yeah. Obviously, again, Felix, thanks for the question. Kind of similar, obviously with the starting three. Obviously, what do you think of the combination? And do you think it's our best? Yes, again, we kind of answered that. I think it is our best for what we have now. Uh, not who do you think, any... uh, not, not to interrupt, but who do you think gets dropped when Arthur joins? No, I think I got to agree with you. If Ramsey continue on, continues on like this, I think he's going to probably go and we'll probably make some money off of him. Um, you know, you, a smart team cuts their, not necessarily cuts, will probably make money because he was a free transfer. But, yeah. you know, so to speak, when you got to cut your loss, cut your loss. You know, uh, if it's not working, it's not working. Right. You know, that's just my philosophy. And, you know, if you got to bring someone else in, you know, do it smartly. And that's what that's what a business should be doing. And that's what a team should be doing in general. You know, the best make the best decision at the at the time. And um, yeah, that's that's about uh, that would be it for me on that one. Um Obviously, Felix again says, what are your thoughts on Sadi's move to insert a line of five defenders to hold the lead? I believe this is the first time I've seen him do that. Yeah, I mean, I don't think, well, when, when you when you lose two games, or 
when you lose one game and someone else claws back a lead, I mean, really, that's that's kind of what your only thought is going to be is throw another defender there because let's let's just shore it up and uh, and try and sit back and hold on. I mean, I think Saturday style you shouldn't he shouldn't necessarily be thinking to do that because we have the ability obviously to press teams and and hold the ball and that's about it for from my point of view uh, on that. What what do you think, Frankie? About the five at the back, it's more desperation really to hold on. I think. Right. I'm guessing. Uh, yeah. What's your opinion on it? Yeah, I think if I think if Saudi had five more defenders, he would have put five more defenders on in addition to the ones that he did. Um, no, I and mean built a wall. I think. Yeah. For uh, honest to God, yeah. No, I think. Uh, I, I think that he. I, I don't blame him. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's like you have PTSD from the idea of like every time that we go up two goals, we're going to suddenly, you know, let them up. So um, I don't blame him. I definitely agree. It's it's strange. You know, it's not strange to have five defenders uh, for us. You know, look back to Conte's days and, and even some of the Allegri days, the three, five, two. I mean, that 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 three at the back is really five at the back if you play it right. Yeah. Now. And, I, and I think that, you know, I think that some of the players have that historical knowledge. I just... Again, I don't think that we have the personnel to be playing that because it's not as if it didn't look like we had five defenders on the field at the end. Yeah. It looked exactly. like we had two, three. You know what I mean? And that's not okay if you put five on. That's like that's yeah. just so especially if they're uh, taking advantage, yeah, no, I, right? I, yeah. Right. Yeah. So I, I thought, you know, I thought uh five of the I think five of the back's fine if you have five defenders. Yeah. But if you have, you know, some, if you have Danilo, who's already Danilo. on the yellow card, and you have like Dan, uh, Rugani, who like can't tackle without his skirt getting in the way, and like it's just it's a nightmare, and I, it terrifies me. So you know what? To answer his question, uh, what do I think? I think that it it cut off a couple of years of my life, and I I hope that Sadi stops doing it. It's yeah. scary. Stop things. <laughs> don't have that mentality, and just finish off games and play with confidence and press. That's really all I think. Um, but we've gotten to the last segment, obviously another long podcast guys. Awesome. I think it's a great conversation. It's been great. Uh, uh, and I've enjoyed it a lot. Um, but you know, we always like, again, bringing back to nostalgia, I always save it every, every podcast and it doesn't necessarily, obviously I was saying Alo Stadio, a Torino was the segment. It's not necessarily something that needs to be, you know, going to Torino, you know, it could be a special setup that you had where you had certain people there or you've seen a game, obviously, in North America or in Asia or in Africa or wherever. Um, but, you know, I just I like hearing different stories about Juve and I like hearing, you know, what people, you know, have obviously been able to experience meeting different players, meeting coaches where wherever, um, you know, there's been some funny stories, some sad stories, some stories people regret. But, um, yeah, let's let's hear from you, Frankie. Floor is yours. Yeah, so I uh, I'll give you two. So the first Beautiful. one, the first one uh, is I mean, I, so again, you being Italian, uh, 2006 is far and beyond the best and worst year of Italian football yeah. in my in my lifetime, right? Um, I'll so the first one has to be the fact that I have my entire family in my basement. You know, my entire family watches soccer, but you know, some fans of Juve, some fans of Inter, some fans of Milano. It depends. Right. Um, so we're all in my basement and we're watching the, the game against Germany. And first is the Pirlo pass to Grosso who like, you know, two future current Juventinos, whatever you want to call them. Right. Yeah. The most beautiful thing. I, I, okay. That one's beautiful. And then two minutes later, 
We have Cannavaro passing the Gilardino, passing Del Piero in one of arguably the best finishes I've <laughs> ever. I I can't do that in FIFA if you gave me a thousand tries and no defense. And to this day, I say that like if he if he touches that ball just a little bit wrong, it's miss. It's being blocked. It's not going in. It's going whatever. That far and beyond was the first one that Del Piero has always been my favorite player. He's been my favorite player since I was a kid, you know, what, whatever. That was the first time that it felt like he actually really did what he wanted to do with the national team. Right. Because, you know, he had years like 2002, you had years like 2000, even 98, where, you know, we played well. We got where we wanted to in the tournament, not nearly as far as we should have, yeah. 2002 being specific, but. You know, and Del Piero always felt, I always felt like he was missing that part of his game where, you know, he had the Champions League, he had the Scudetti, he had the, he had the Copa Italia, he had, he had these, these trophies, right. but he didn't have the, he didn't have that, that national team. Um, so yeah, that one, that one was one where like, you know, you look around the room and you have like 75, 80 year old Italian men jumping up and down and you're like, like, no, no, basta, like you're going to hurt yourself. Like, I don't want to watch the World Cup final in the hospital. You know what I mean? Like, that's the last thing we need you know, so, before you go on about that, though, Blake, yeah. essentially those goals, I think, have invented the finesse shot in FIFA because yes, I don't think I don't think I've ever seen sweeter curls in my life. Like Ugly. it was perfection, like the Grosso one, like how he curled it perfectly around the keeper, and obviously mm-hmm. the kind of crowd that was in front of the net, and then Del Piero just like perfectly into the top bins, man, like. I, I, again, I it was I was at my cousin's uh, birthday, which was at like a swimming pool on this like mm-hmm. shitty ass LCD screen, and I've <laughs> never seen kids, even like you know, like the if you want to say the the white kids or like everybody else, like they were losing their mind as well. It was like it was unbelievable, and yeah, like you said, un- unforgettable, and uh, especially when your idol can make such a huge contribution. Because, like you said, he there was a big miss. Uh, he did miss a penalty in I can't remember what year it was for for Italy. Um, was it two thousand? Two thousand. I think yeah. so. Yeah. Yeah. So that was kind of like the you know him rising up to the occasion and, and making uh, making everything right. So unbelievable. Yeah. But anyways, get on to your second story. That that that's yeah. awesome, man. Yeah, I mean, and then to finish the World Cup off, I mean, you have the next game where you know, unfortunately, we have an Interista who scores a goal, but. You have Del Piero and, and Grosso, whoever else scoring the, the penalty yeah. kicks at the end. So, but yeah, so that we'll say that one's one. And then the real, uh, the most recent, I guess, Juve, uh, Juve memory that I found. Uh, this is just a funny story we were talking about before we started. Um, so, Juve played Bayern Munich uh, two Julys ago. Um, okay. So, July 2018. And they played them in Philadelphia. They played as part of the, uh, the, whatever, the Guinness International Champions Cup that they do every year. Right. Um, and Juve hadn't come in, I think they came two years prior, but then before it, they, they came very hit or miss to my area. So whether it was right. like they came to, you know, uh, New Jersey, New York, Pennsylvania, whatever. So I went to go see the game and, uh, I wanted to get there early because I knew that, you know, if I got there early enough, chances are I could watch warmups and the stadium is big enough that they weren't going to fill it out. So you'd right. be able to get close enough to see if you can get a player's autograph. So, um, and the last time I was at a game was the Roma Inter game in, uh, in Philadelphia. And oh, that yeah. game, I, I happened to like, I got close enough that like me and Vidic had a conversation. I like oh, waved shit. him down from a distance. I just saw him and I was like, Oh, 
And he's like, hey. And I'm like, come here for a second. And he just started walking over and started like, kind of bullshitting with me and my buddies. So, um, But so I was like, you know, I'll replicate this. So yeah. I go to the stadium at least two hours early. I have my ticket. My buddy's with me. We're standing in line. And a, like I had, it felt like a hurricane hit. Like, like monsoon, like to the point where it started raining and I looked at my buddy and I said, like, we should buy it as well. Might as well just go home. Yeah, they're going to cancel. The game. We stood in line in the ticket queue for an hour and a half, an hour and 45 Jesus. minutes in the pouring rain, thunder, everything. Right. Didn't cancel the game. We finally get in. We're sitting there. It rains for the first 15 minutes or so. Finally stopped. By the time I get home, I had to I had to dry my Del Piano jersey two times. Because the first time I put it through, it came out still damp. I'm like, I, well, you would think I, yeah. you think I just jumped from the bath. But yeah, no, that was that was the game. I'm pretty sure Favili scored two goals. Uh, okay. and, and and I'm the king of like uh, I I I watched the summer soccer and I think immediately like, oh, we're the best team in the world. Did you see how we played? Yeah. So like, you know, so that year I was like, oh, this Favili guy is going to be banging him in 35 goals this season. Wait till you see him. And then I haven't heard of him since. So. Goodbye. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Well, no, it's probably it's plus Valencia, man. It's plus Valencia FC. That's they just need to change the name, and uh, yeah. either that or just call it J Corp, and we're good to go. But no, that's awesome, man. Yeah, why do you guys usually get like wild weather? Or is it just like was just coincidence that that happened? Like, is it like is Philadelphia like usually the place where you're gonna get these these massive storms? Or I don't know. Like in, really. Cal- in Calgary, we got shit weather, so it's like. We can get snow, we can get sun, we can get rain, we get everything in in a day. In June, July, yeah. August, you it doesn't matter if you can name a day, we could get snow. So that's just how <laughs> yeah, it is. We're uh, we're uh, we're weird. Like um, our temperature is either like uh, it's it's either super humid or it's raining. You know, like there's very so, rarely a middle ground. So it's like when you're outside and it's not raining, you're like it's gonna rain soon because like I'm sweating just standing here. So that's how it was. It was we were standing there and we're like, "This is gross. It's gonna rain, isn't it?" And then it started raining, and then it was over. So, um, but you do you do realize that there was no way that Agnelli was gonna not allow that game to go through, right? Like, yeah, right. The money is and like, if he did, we weren't getting our money back. Exactly. They're like, they're like, yeah, no. they're like, sorry, the the checks already been cashed. This game ain't being canceled. <laughs> Can I get a refund? No, no, no. That that account is it's closed already. Sorry. Exactly. Yeah, sorry, offshore account. We can't, we can't figure, we can't figure it out to give out a refund after about. We'll, we'll to give it to you in about six months' time. It's too funny. But fuck, uh, honestly, man, it's been a hell of a podcast. Thank you for coming on, man. You, you kill me sometimes with your one-liners. It's hilarious. But uh, thank you for coming on again. We'll have you back in the future, definitely, uh, because you know we're starting a new season within like a month and a half. I think it is yeah. now or less. Um, so definitely lots of time. And if you ever want to get on, you know, you know, you got, you got a frustration, you got to, you got to let out, we'll do a special podcast and, uh, you know, just shoot the shit and, uh, have a good time. I think it's, you know, fun to, you know, talk about Juve and obviously, you know, if it's going well, then obviously it's great. But if it's, if it's not, then, uh, you know, it's kind of your personal therapy, uh, for, for, for the evening. So, um, no, thank you for coming on. I appreciate it. Obviously, guys, check him out at Frankie the Worst. That's a great, it's <laughs> yeah. a great handle. Obviously, for me yeah. at Juventinita Dal. Obviously, Twitter, Instagram, even Facebook now. Um, 
And there's going to be some special kind of artwork coming out, obviously. More of a nostalgic kind of uh, feel. Not not a lot of the new players, but uh, definitely keep an eye on that on Twitter. Um, and I got a guy uh, who's extremely talented and uh, got to check him out. And uh, that'll come out shortly. Obviously, again, YouTube, iTunes, Spotify. The more you guys can share it, the more you guys sub, you know, like and stuff like that. That helps me out. That obviously allows me to get you know, the word out there and, you know, get different guests, new guests, like obviously yourself. And, um, yeah, again, like I always say, Twitter is the, is going to be your, uh, your, or if you got your notifications on that way, but you know, Twitter, the links are always going to be dropped on there as soon as this thing's ready to go. So, uh, guys, we have a big game obviously coming up nine straight. Let's hope we get it done. Um, always, uh, like I said, we're going to have another Juve fan coming on in a couple days' time. Yeah, it's time's flying. And, uh, guys, as always, Fino alla fine. Forza Juventus. Ciao. Thanks for watching. Thanks. Nice.